0: Hello and welcome to Ladies with Gumption, episode 108, No Time to Dilly Dally. We are the Ladies with Gumption. We recap DCTV in a flash. I am Tatiana, and I'm here with Jessica and May. You can find us at Gumption on Twitter, ladieswgumption at gmail.com. If you want to email us your feedback, ladieswgumption.com tumblr.com if you want to tumble us your feedback and of course you can listen to the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts apple Podcasts, google play spotify stitcher we are not on facebook anymore we are i don't know what's going on with facebook
1: we Um, still have the page but it is not being updated
0: okay you're not gonna find podcasts on facebook (laughs) uh if you are a Patreon member, we thank you for your patronage. You get to listen to the episodes 24 hours in advance. And very soon, you will be getting some exclusive content during the next hiatus, perhaps, uh, such as The Witcher, such as Elite, um, most recently, you, Seasons 1 and 2. Uh, and you can find that at patreon.com slash Gumption. All right. Uh, news day is that Tom Cavanaugh, uh, made a post on Instagram where it sounded, he sounded very Danielle-esque in his, thank you for these six years, wow, playing Wells, oh, feeling. And we're like, what does that mean? Especially because recently at Vancouver Fan Expo, he said he would not be playing any more Wells. So, thoughts, questions? concerns
1: i mean i'm not gonna get excited (laughs) excited (laughs) i'm sorry yeah yeah exactly but but i will say especially since like at the end of the last flash episode we we saw that reverse flash was could possibly come back which reminded me of a interview from months ago i think it was tv guide in which Grant Gustin was like, "Yeah, we're gonna put a bow. We're gonna tie up a little bow. That is the storyline of Reverse Flash." And everyone thought that he meant that he would just appear in Crisis, but he didn't appear in Crisis, which means we could still be get. We should still be getting him in Six B. Which means if they're gonna wrap it up, then there's no reason to have any more Wells moving forward.
2: Right. So, I mean, he could always just be Nash forever, but like, who wants right? That? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So yeah, yeah because possible. like Nash's
1: storyline, like right now, isn't even Nash's storyline. It's like we're getting all the other wells. So it's like a, I don't know. It feels like a right weird.
2: It's hits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where's HR?
0: <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the that's the wells we owe everything to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so. So yeah, it it sounds like maybe he'll be he'll be done. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. At the very least, that Wells might be done. We'll see. Um. So, if with that and done, we have no other thoughts on that. Uh, we are going to head right into our format for the week. We have Superbat side A and Flash Legend Lightning on side B. <laughs> um. May will be our host, and she will take us through the likes, the dislikes, the lack of predictions, the feedback, and the ladies with gumption
1: of the <laughs> week nominations. We'll take you through the lack of predictions, yes. But over on Side A, we'll get started with Supergirl and Batwoman, do-over slash digital garlic. <laughs> uh, whereas Supergirl this week celebrated its 100th episode and saw the return of mister Mixus Mixus Spitalik a.k.a. Mixie, returns with a proposition for Kara. What if she could go back in time and tell Lena her secret before Lex did? Would things turn out differently? Looking back over key moments throughout the series in a very stylized fashion as if we were watching a Supergirl episode just like Kara is in this episode, Kara must decide if she wants to change history to become friends with Lena again. Familiar faces return in this special episode including Monel, Rain, and the good old-fashioned baddie... Uh... What's his face? I <laughs>
2: forgot. Ben <She's> Lockerty. Just...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I uh, felt when I saw him. Who are yes. you?
1: <laughs> Jesse Warren directed the episode with story by Robert Rovner and Jessica Queller and teleplay by Derek Simon and Nikki Holcomb. What sparked joy?
2: Um, It was not bad for 100th episode. I liked it um, overall. I really like the concept of – Mr. McKick bit of, like, coming back and doing this kind of, like, this is your life, Cara Danvers, or, you know, like, the whole Wonderful Life, Super Life narrative set up for Cara to revisit the past. I thought that was kind of a good way to explore some parts of the show without, you know, actually having Cara, like, physically go back in time or trying to figure out how to make that make sense. Uh, so this was a I also like this episode was a bit of a redemption episode for Mixie because like the last time we saw him obviously he was very like chauvinistic, Kara you will marry me and <laughs> and I'm causing all this mayhem for like selfish reasons and so I like that when she did um, send him back to the fifth dimension he actually went on trial for that and now he's on this like redemption world tour where he has to fix people that he, that he harmed in the past so I thought that was like really um, another good like narrative plot for him to make it make sense why he shows up for car in this moment um i so i really enjoyed him a lot and i thought i liked in the episode that there was like explanation that they gave for his change in appearance because i was like this is not the same person <laughs> that we saw before like what is this how do you yeah so i like that they you know his excuse for that was because you know he was trying to like impress Kara with like a different face that he thought that she would like or something like that so um, that was great. I like that he asked for consent before entering the home so. <laughs> so he's he he's grown in more ways than one, yeah, and um he was like redeemed and reformed of his previous inclinations to like force himself into situations to fill his loneliness. so I thought that was a good um I don't know, I guess like they're kind of paralleled each other. Mixie and Carr in this episode, because Mixie's past was forcing people, forcing himself into situations and forcing situations to fulfill something that he lacked within himself. And then Carr is like in this episode forcing changes in the past to fill the guilt that she feels for lying to Lena. Um, so and and then by the end of it, like Mixie has already learned his lesson and Carr by the end of the episode she learns her lesson um that you can't change the past. So I thought that that's a good little Parallel between the two characters there, um, <clears throat> I think I like <laughs> most of my life. Like Mixie, you did such a great job. Like he, you, you know, like he kind of like earned his place onto the team from being like hated until being actually part of the team. Um, so it's just kind of like a really, you know,
1: it was great a great, ep- great Mixie episode.
2: It was a great Mixie episode. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> was. Um, I like the movie style um storytelling and his like stylistic presentation and commentary throughout and like the whole popcorn and everything like that and um <laughs> that he had like betas when the mix flicks <laughs> Oh uh, yes I. I love that <laughs> <laughs> um I did like when in the beginning when Cara was like contemplating Mixie's offer, Alex was like, change the history for a friendship, really Kara? And I was like, Yes, really Kara Because you know like who does that? Barry Allen, but um, like, if anything, you should know from your best super friend, Barry, that that usually doesn't work, Kara, but um, I I like that Alex is still that kind of voice of reason for Kara in those kind of moments. Um, Yeah, because like from an outside perspective, it does seem like really really selfish or silly for to kind of alter history, like the entire history for personal reasons. Um, And like her ultimate episode, um, ultimate lesson was that she couldn't change the past, and I like that again, I was correct in my prediction <laughs> and that was the conclusion that she came to and that was okay for her to accept that she makes mistakes and move on from her mistakes. I like that final conversation with Lena when she's telling her that, you know, you have to take accountability here and choices that you make from this point on. So I like Cara like standing up for herself and, and standing up for her truth. Um, I think it was overdue for Cara to finally like back herself in that moment. I think we had an um, Anon on Tumblr Was asking you know like well do you think Maybe that wasn't actually Kara like what if Mixie was like trying to do Something or uh, cause like why would she Put on a suit to go to Kara uh, to go to Lena's and I, was, and I was thinking like No I think it was actually Kara going to Lena be, And she went as Supergirl because it was Kind of like her saying like I'm not going to run Or hide from the fact that this is part Of who I am um, And if I can't talk to you as car talking to her friend Lena, then I'm gonna have to talk to you as supergirl talking to you as, as a villain. Because that's if that's the choice that you want to make, then that's how that's the distinction I have to make in how I approach the situation. So it's kind of like her drawing a line in the sand in that moment. So I really I thought that was a great final scene for uh between Car and Lena. Yes.
0: Beautiful.
2: Beautiful. My mixed presentation is now complete. <laughs> uh...
0: Your TED Talk on Mixi. Um, I also thought that it was a good, you know, 100th episode. Like, I liked that they chose to ground it entirely in, like, a dynamic and make it all about character growth and realization, not, like, um, plot. <laughs> not, like, an Easter egg or a scavenger hunt to complete, to further a plot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I thought I was going to, like, grade it, in, like, the middle of 100th episodes thus far, because at least the relationship they chose to ground it in is more important than not. And also because it... But at the same time, you know, I wasn't, like, bawling on the floor like I was during Arrow's 100th episode. But still, you know, I liked it. It was good. <laughs> I love Thomas Lennon as Mixie. Um, he was, you know, chewing the scenery to his heart's content. Love, you know, his little redemption arc, like you already mentioned, that he was um, very explicitly apologizing for his behavior in the season two episode, like directly to the audience. Like, I'm so sorry that you had to sit there and watch that. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, uh, and it was fun, yeah, to see how he was literally a changed man, right? Because he's obviously a different actor now, but also he was trying to make up for his past deeds with this new uh, turned over leaf. Um. Totally agree about Alex calling Kara out on changing the past for a friendship. It was very season, you know, one, one, two, three. Barry Allen of you, Kara. Um, so I'm glad. I'm glad that, that at least Alex knew that that was happening. And also, it was, it was obvious the history would not be changed just by the fact that they were literally like, we're going to watch all the results on television before we decide if we're going to use it or not. So obviously. It's kind of, you know, the safe method of trying to change history. I'm totally for that. Um, and, and, you know, while that kind of, like, eliminates some of the tension, it did make for a fun... I don't even know what you call it, but, like, a through line for the episode, right? Like, let's watch... Let's rewatch this episode, or let's, you know, change If only Barry
2: could do that, like, just... Yeah. <laughs>
0: that would, like, if Barry could do that, have he'd have it made. Trouble. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I enjoyed that. Also, um... The one where, you know, um, Ben had kidnapped everybody or whatever. Um, I like the car and Wynn conversation in that one about her loved one. Like, you know, actually facing the reality of her loved ones being in danger because of who she is, because of her secret. Um, that felt like a realistic um, conversation between them. It was a nice reminder of the friendship that they shared. And also was just, you know, like important to actually face the reality of... In an episode like this. Um, Also of course love the ending. Kara realizing that she can't keep blaming herself. For what Lena is choosing to do. I love that she was basically like woman up Lena. It's time for you to own your actions. And also the way that. Like how Lena reacted. Where it was very clearly like. As much as she's like we're not friends. We're not friends. Stop stop coming and like begging me for forgiveness. Because I'm not going to forgive you. Like she likes it. Like she wants Kara to keep coming and groveling. Um, She doesn't want to sever the connection any more than Kara does. So when Kara was like, alright, I'm done now, you know, you can be a villain if you want, or you can be not a villain, Galina was like, wait, what? So now she is actually going to have to make her own choice and stop blaming Kara for it, presumably. Mm-hmm. We'll see how long it takes her, but uh, pr- presumably there's going to be some some self-awareness now, some reckoning with one's own actions in this bag half, and I'm all for that. Also, uh love the self burn towards season three when Mixie was like so much exposition and he fast forwarded through <laughs> some <laughs> moments. That was excellent. Um so yeah. Overall, um one and a half enthusiastic thumbs up.
1: <laughs> um I love the Mixie burn when he um when he basically told Car, he's like, You know what? Before she went to go seek advice from one another, he's like, I never know what you saw in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I was like thank you Mixie. Does anyone know what she saw him? <laughs> but um speaking of Monel, like he was a strangely uh, extremely changed man uh in this episode. I really liked his conversation with Kara about how I mean minus the like re- somewhat of the revisionist history in this conversation, but like this is a sort of a new timeline. I will forgive it. Um but basically that he was telling her how she was always showing compassion to other people and that she deserves the same compassion from her friends that she shows them as well, even though she made a mistake, you know? Cause like the idea is sometimes we're harder on ourselves than we are on the people that we love. Like we're always making excuses for other people, but we're always just like cruel to ourselves. And I feel like Kara has been subjecting herself to that cruelty all season over, something that's happened in the past and you know now it's time to move on and face the fact that you can't change the past and I really like that lesson because no matter what type of scenario they created or she changed it was going to be that something would occur but at the end of the day you know Kara made her her bed she laid in it and now she has to accept the fact that Lena either has to forgive her or not That's it, you know? So I really like that ending conversation between them uh, because it was finally throwing the ball into Lena's court. She was finally going to be moving forward knowing that everything she was doing was a choice she was making. Like, it's not just the fact that... Like, she can be mad at Kara, and Kara's okay with that. But Lena has to accept, too, that she is making these choices. Kara is not making them for her. And it was really interesting to see the dynamic... Like with um, like the evilest form of Lena in uh, the last timeline that they showed in the episode about how, you know, she was also doing the whole blame thing. Like, oh, it's because of my brother and whoever did this to me that I'm like this yeah. and the reasons behind why she was turning brainy and everybody um, because always of, a, of other people. Yeah, always somebody else's fault. And it's just like such a privileged, rich – white woman thing to do is like something something's always happening and it's always somebody else's fault it's not me this is just everything that's happened to me and while we can look back and you know think on why we are the way that we are she also has to take responsibility as an adult for the things that she's doing moving forward so that was a great great lesson i'm finally glad that they got there um i really liked too the way that they did the you know like you guys said, the way that Car was able to see the different timelines without actually changing anything. Like she decided that's not how she wanted it to go. She was back in her living room. So that was great. Um, just all of Mixie, you know, like Jessica said, her little TED talk about the, the <laughs> character. He was really, really great because I remember really – passionately hating him <laughs> and monel's actions in that one episode uh in season two so i really love that he's reformed now like a true redemption arc <laughs> for Mixie was had in this episode and it was amazing and i want him to return and i love the actor who was portraying him as well so that was all great um yeah i think it was like a nice look back on sort of like you know, a lot of Supergirl's greatest hits in terms of like how they use their strong, what they think are their strongest villains. Like they brought back Rain, they brought back Lockwood. And I like the consistency that Lockwood is still evil in this timeline as well, even though like he's, I guess, Lena Light. He was also accusing a bunch of people for the reasons of what, why he was doing what he was doing. Um, So I'm glad that at least like he's consistently a bad guy throughout and I like the they brought back the whole um cult of Rao and all that stuff. So that was like good to see again. Like, oh you are like, Oh yeah, this this stuff happened in the show, I forgot. <laughs> 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 so all that was good.
2: Um, what did not spark joy? Well I guess speaking of like greatest hits, like no cat grant, like what? Like throw the whole episode away uh, right off the top. Um, but like, you know, just considering that. The 100th episode centered around Carr and Lena's friendship is as if the Supergirl writers are saying, like, Supercore is the ship that built the Supergirl house. And if that were like 100% true, that'd be all well and good, but it's not like technically true. Um, like, if we're talking like pre CW from season one, Supergirl is the house that like the Danvers sisters built <laughs> with along with like John as their like alien dad um cat grant was a huge part of what made supergirl the show that it is today um so i feel like to not focus on any of that the fact that it the plot was so specific around Kara and lena's friendship car like lena didn't come in until like season two which means that there's no reason for Kara to really go back to any kind of season one moments, and it kind of cut out a lot of um you know, other potential, like, guest stars, like Calissa Flockhart, or, well, I mean, James could have still been in it, but he was not. So, um that, that kind of, like, cut out some of what Supergirl could do to celebrate five seasons of their show. And the fact that, you know, if she's going around changing specific things in relation to Lena, then there's not really much space for her to have some moments with, like, Alex or John or, or some other character. So um, it's almost, like, a little bit too specific uh, for, like, a 100th celebration episode. Um, so, you know, that was kind of like, eh. um The coda scene, like, mentioned John and Alex were there from the beginning. So they have that line in there that, "y'all are here from the beginning. But <laughs> we didn't have any kind of, like, celebration of that on scene, really. Um, on the screen, sorry. Um And then, for we've got a couple of asks on Tumblr, and I've I've like answered some of of them about we've got a couple of asks recently about is Supergirl queer baiting um, with Kara and Lena? Um, do you think that this is what's happening, and why can't two women just be friends on screen and and all these kind of like things? And I think even to me, like a non supercore shipper, some of the situation and dialogue that the writers have written for them, especially this season, can be seen as confusing. Like last week car self-sabotage potential romantic relationship and um because she's not over a quote unquote friendship with Lena. Like that's confusing. Like um I think we talked about that a little bit last week that, you know, you're not you're you're upset that you lied to Lena and that destroyed that friendship and now you can ha- not have any relationships with him whenever. Like that doesn't kind of it uh, seems like an exaggeration um it's not like an a, a romantic pairing or even a pairing that's been around from the beginning of the series, and yet Car is so devastated by the loss of friendship that she's willing to like cut and paste all over the past to fix it and that's like, that's confusing you know and perhaps it's because she blames her lie for Lena's like tumble into like villain hell and or she's like, you know because I did this now Lena has chosen the wrong path. And I feel like that's the story that the Supergirl writers think that they're writing, but it also feels, and I think we have talked about before, like how confusing it is for Lena to go to like this extreme off of it doesn't really quite make sense unless there is something else there that would explain it. So for example, like if it was something like, you know, Lena, didn't like Supergirl, but she does like Kara, and Kara is the one that has kept her grounded. And then she finds out Kara lies, and then you know, then that would be like a reason, like, okay, I'm just gonna do the opposite of what you were saying, and that's how she got here. Or if it was like, you know, Lena had always been trying to do these like projects for the good of humanity, kind of like semi questionably morality, question morale, like gray type projects, and Car, Supergirl were all always the one that were kind of keeping her like, don't do this, Lena. You're better, you can't do this one. And then she finds out that car and supergirl are the same person. And then she's like, Oh, so you just you were jealous of me, because if I had done this, then I would have been you would have been like obsolete or whatever. And then that would have been like a reason for her to go to this extreme. But the fact that it's just kind of like she likes both of them, finds out they're the same person, and then she goes to this extreme and kinda of just like doesn't really Add up to the level that they're writing it, unless there's like another element to it, or like Kara going above and beyond and being so devastated by this one friendship that you know, I don't know, it's yeah, it, just, it doesn't kind of add up. So, I can get why people can kind of find it confusing. Um, so yeah, because I, cause I find it a little bit confusing and. Yeah. If you even if you look at this episode, like basing like the the centennial episode celebration of the show again, and it's based around this one like core relationship, I mean, I can I can see why people would think that are expected to be more than that.
0: But I am also uh, with you on the ambiguity of the Supercore situation, which I will get to, but first, I have to agree that um, the lack of cat was very upsetting. Um, I'm sure there's, like, a Callista Flockhart reason that Kat couldn't be there or whatever, or maybe they just don't even bother asking anymore. But the fact that they, like, killed her off in the men scenario, <laughs> when she wasn't even in it to begin with, is just disrespectful. Um, also, James not being in it, like, hello. I mean, I guess he's filming. Maybe I don't know, but not even mentioning James. Whatever. They could have found a way to put James in there.
2: Dumb. Especially um, since he was like Cara's friend and dated. Yes, Lea.
0: yes. Oh! <laughs> but anyway, dumb. Uh, James should have been there. Uh, also, um, there's like other things, like you know, like like. I know that they can't fit everyone because, like I said, it's a good thing that they centered on one dynamic. But I feel like they could have found moments and episodes that would have allowed for more of the cast to get more time in those episodes. Like, yeah, it's cool that like she had Cat. that. Kelly and Nia. No, Kelly and Nia. Like, yeah, basically. Nia had, like, that one scene one scene. Um, where she fails to convince Brainy so thank you for that. <laughs> um, and I don't even remember if Kelly was in it. Was she was just like... She mentioned? was in it. She was like
2: fighting with the, with the, with the shield. I don't know that she actually said anything.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, so we see the little girl. No, I think bit.
2: she said like one word. Because like when okay. they first got into the tower and she was like, Duh! and that okay. was it.
0: So they got paid, but they did not get to uh, contribute to the storyline. And even John was barely in it. He had like that really sweet moment at the end that I should have mentioned, but it still does feel like Alex and John like, are coming in second to Lena just, just because of the choice that was made to center the Lena and Kara dynamic so much. Which I already said was great, but I just think they could have worked in other... They should have worked in some beats for them. Like, for example, the scene that I liked with Win was excellent, but we've already had several great talks with Wyn and Kara in the last couple of episodes. So, um, I feel like you could have used Alex for that moment, or you could have used John. Um Because those, both, you know, either her sister or her or her father figure. But anyway, whatever. Speaking of parental parental figures, um, it's the 100th episode of Supergirl. Why isn't the no other parents. Supergirl in it? No parents, but also, like, why isn't Alex's mom, who was Supergirl, in it? Hello! Again, oh. she also oh. wasn't in Crisis. Why do you guys hate her? What is happening? So, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's very strange.
2: I feel like... No Linda Carter as no the Linda president. Carter. Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm.
0: um, So... So, yes, back to the, the mixed signals with Supercore. Like, it's clearly the most important relationship to Lena, to, well, to Kara this season, but yet it's not romantic or they won't even suggest that it could be romantic. Um, and yet they keep doing tropes and, you know, moments and tension that are very clearly coded as romantic. If it was a man and a woman, it would be romantic. So, I don't know. And, and especially because they know, like, what's, what's strange is, like, they know the reaction that it gets from fans like, they know what people think about it. And they've had, like, countless fights now with the fandom over it. So I'm like, why do y'all not just, like, I don't know, stop just, like, walking into, like, the line, you know? <laughs> and just pick a side. Uh, I don't know. Strange. Anyway, to minor quibbles, Um, when Lena, like, immediately went and told Sam... I was so confused. Oh, car secret! It like, yeah, like stop me. I was just like, like, I was like, wait. So Lena finds out the car is super girl, and the first thing she does is go to another town to tell to tell Sam about it. And I was like, what is happening right now? Is that why Lena wasn't told because she's a blabbermouth? She it. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? So I was like, okay, maybe we shouldn't tell Lena. Maybe we were right all along. Um, and then. <laughs> and then uh, when it was, you know, Ben, Ben came out and was like, oh, my family all committed suicide so that Supergirl would save them. I was like, okay, Ben's family is Looney Tunes. Please, I never want to see him on my screen again. Everything about Ben is the worst. Um, So I was not, that was not a welcome return to Ben. Um, Also, the Never Friends scenario was like, like, I get that that Supergirl is like a, Angel or actually Kara is like an angel on Lena's shoulder but like the idea that if they were no friends then Lena would just lose it and become like a
2: dictator a authoritarian <laughs> Yeah!
0: Like I was like, "Really? Uh is that a friendship worth saving then? I don't know. I don't know about that."
2: In fact, I think I think that was the one where she was like, "You know, you know, you weren't there but my father or yes. my brother like blew my he helicopter time, my mother." Yeah. yeah. Like, so why was Kara's fault? There? That seems like, "Yeah, your family yeah. is fucked up." Like that's that not Kara's literally... fault. That was Ben. That was, like, like Ben Ben was the same thing.
0: It's Supergirl's yeah. fault that my family killed themselves and she didn't save them. So is Lena basically Ben if she doesn't have Kara? If so, then I don't want to save that friendship. So I don't know. I thought that was a really strange choice. It was, like, just there so that we could have, like, the epic showdown. But we're not really having an epic showdown because it's not real. Um, and also, of course, that was a scenario in which they were, right. like, stuck there. They were stuck there because, like, yes. Nick couldn't get out. And I was like, all right, whatever. It just.
2: Yeah, it mm-hmm. also feels like if if you have, like, if they if they were never friends and Lena goes to this extreme, it's kind of like, then why, you know, her whole, the whole thing was that Lena was this like, good person, good in heart. Really? So, like, what did, you know, Cara yeah. didn't, Cara showing up didn't change Lena from being Lex to Lena. So, mm-hmm. yeah. That was a little bit, like, it was just there
0: because they wanted to have the showdown. I was like, I don't like it. I- Send it back. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so i totally support car realizing she cannot be responsible for lena's choices i love this um however in from the show like it annoys me that the show is still pretending that it was a special case with lena right like lena is the only person aside from sam who will find out when lena finds out apparently um that did not know that Kara was super was supergirl so and there is no special reason why lena didn't know it was just because the show didn't want Lena to know so they could do this storyline when Lena found out. Um, and it annoys me because, like, even though, like, dare I say it, uh, Barry kept Iris in the dark because he, A, is in love with her, right? So she's different than other people because he's in love with her and he's not in love with other people. Um, and then, B, Joe was like, don't do it. Ho, don't do it. Don't tell her. So, <laughs> so like, Supergirl does not apparently does not have either of those things even though it could very easily have one, but it did not have one. It has none. So I don't, I still don't understand why. I don't understand why Lena wasn't told. And so the show is like, oh, if you had told Lena here that Supergirl, like Barry, will just tell people on the street who are are delivering her pizza that she is Supergirl. So I don't think that it was so hard to find a good moment to tell Lena that you were Supergirl. So that is all. Even though I know that it's required for the
2: episode to exist. So, and it was fine. It was a good episode, so it's fine. But it still feel like it, lies. like, reinforces that, like, like, yeah. Kara needs Lena to survive or something. Like, because every time she changed something mm-hmm. and, like, Lena goes to talk to Sam, like, oh, Lena wasn't here that day when Kryptonite was in the air. So you died. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> Lena wasn't here that day. That was a day that da died. Da, 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 so you <laughs> died. Because Lena didn't do something. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, which, you know, that's great. You you need Lena, we love that platonic dynamic. But um, just I I feel like Lena would probably still have all the more reason for Lena to actually be there if she knows the truth. But or like I
2: mean like Supergirl would still like I I doubt that Kara would just like die all the time if she had never <laughs> met Lena. So. Also, that's what she is, <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> One would think she would be
0: able to manage herself. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, finally the wigs were a crime against humanity. That is all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: They, oh my God! They really were. When I saw that, I was so distracted. I was like, I don't know what's <laughs> happening in the scene. I can't keep my eyes off of her wig. It was so bad. <laughs> the CW was just having a bad wig week. Um, so over on the Flash, you we had Wells HR. Was it HR Sherlock? So well, Sherlock. his wig as well was like terrible. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I. Like the episode overall, I think for me, it was just like it was centered on Kara and Lena's dynamic. But I feel at this point, however many episodes into season five, it's just outplayed at this point, you know, like we've had like Lena has known about Kara's secret since the end of the very end of season four. And this whole season has been like it's hinged on their relationship, so to speak. But I feel like it's just, it's being so drawn out that this conversation could have been in like an email, you know, could have happened in episode five (laughs) of the Mm -hmm. season rather than saving it for the hundredth episode, because I feel like they had to do some, there were some, you know, contrived moments for it to, to really work. Um, for that final moment for Cara to finally just realize that this is not her fault anymore, you know, but I don't know. Like the super core relationship is weird to me because I like it, but I'm also not as invested in it as some other people are. So like for me, friendship was at its peak in season two where they would spend like a lot of time together. And that was like the moment where you could potentially see something going forward romantically you know then in season three i think they barely interacted i don't remember them interacting as much and then season four they built up to it so that they could finally have Kara or lena realize that she is supergirl so i feel like the the friendship has been the friendship isn't as strong as it used to be because of they're using it for like plot reasons primarily Mm -hmm. you know so it doesn't feel like they have really continued building a rapport over time like I feel like it would have hit different had they continued interacting the way that they were interacting so that's where this episode primarily fell flat for me like Jessica was saying you know the whole show was essentially built on Kara and uh, Alex's you know relationship as sisters, and I feel like it was a really it was a huge missed opportunity to not have that focus come back getting rid of Jean and Alex so early on in the episode and i and I know it's supposed to be like Car's focus, and that's great, but it just like it took me out, you know so it would have had more, much more impact had they been a bigger part of this. Um, kind of like, just how the Flash 100th episode barely had any iris in it. It's just like, oh, well, I guess this is your 100th episode with the people who are have been here from the beginning, and yet none of them are around. <laughs>
2: right. Um. So have been it cool just if they like, were, like, makes, also like, eating weird. popcorn and providing, like, their own like, two cents in the commentary. Like, yeah! Oh, <laughs> yeah that, that
0: would have be been so awesome.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I'm like, I guess they're just
1: going to play, you know, paintball. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like in fact, you know that would have been great. When Alex said, like, oh hey, changing history for a friendship is, you know, bad bad move. Uh it would have been cool if Car had been like, Well, how about you all join it's a group decision, right? We yeah. all watch and then we decide if this is right or not.
2: <laughs> or if like, like if they like picked like um points in like car's history or something like that, like, Oh, why don't you try this one, you know? I think that would have been like fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. And it, even Mixie was like at one point, you know, he's like, well, your memory is not that great. So we're just <laughs> going to rely on the video footage because <laughs> you suck. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like it would have been much stronger emotionally uh, in that in that way to also include like Jean and, and Alex. And if this show had focused, I guess this is just like my gripe with the show for seasons now that it just lacks um, more of a journey for Kara in terms of like – anyone outside of her you know what i mean like like we had glimpses of her identity crisis and things like that like it would have been so interesting i think had the 100th episode focused on like well what if i never actually came to earth and what would my loved one's life have been without me not having come from krypton at all you know what i mean so that would have been
2: cuz that is like but life, you know
1: right? whatever.
2: <laughs> oh, I was like cuz that is like a wonderful life like the plot like if if he wasn't there how would people's lives have been affected without him, right? Mm-hmm. So if they had done that with like Supergirl, like how would people's lives have been affected like without her?
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think it would have played out like a lot more smoothly Focusing Kara in that way. Um, But it is what it is. It wasn't a bad episode. I just think that it's just kind of died down for me personally, like the impact of Lena and Kara's friendship, because I feel like it's just somewhat contrived at this point to continue Lena down this path of villainy when it doesn't seem clear that the writers really know what to do with her otherwise, you know? So. All right, predictions. Or feedback, right?
2: Should we feedback first? Oh, do you have have any predictions? I
0: don't have predictions.
2: I also don't have predictions. Do you have predictions? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I, I guess if we're talking about, like, what does Lena do now? I mean, I I don't think that she will just, like, automatically change in the next episode. But, I mean, obviously, it's, like, leading towards, you know, whatever the final showdown is with Lex. There's going to be, like, some kind of, like, critical moment where Lena has to, like, decide to choose her brother or choose Supergirl. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, very basic. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like
1: the trajectory that it seems like it's not necessarily that, you know, Kara's friendship will save the day or anything. But, like, Lena will make a decision on her own.
2: Yeah, right. So that's great. What kind of person she wants to be. We do love mm-hmm. to see it. Yes.
1: And now for feedback. <laughs>
2: All right. Feedback it is.
0: So we have got Shang. Hey there, lovely ladies. Apologize. Apologies for my sporadic feedback. Your boy has not been vibing with Supergirl <laughs> for a while now. Oh, All right. Um, he finds you both hilarious and sad at the Supergirl team, especially live scored the reveal where lena's reaction was positive got lena wearing what cl- what lois wore in smallville when clark saved her from a similar situation um had cara and lena in one of the most romantic tropes of identity reveal and risking everyone's life for one i too find it both hilarious and sad shang um not that i made that connection because i don't remember people's clothing. But (laughs) I do remember that they very much code Lena and Kara a certain way and do not follow through on it. So I am with you on this. Um, Not gonna lie, I wish they'd made Wins come back on one episode thing and use this episode for last week so the 100th would be Danvers sisters. I agree with that. Yep. I'm happy that Kara had the weight of her guilt lifted because it's good she established boundaries, which is vital if they're going to rebuild a relationship. She tried to help Lena, and begging for Lena's forgiveness is not going to do anything anymore. It's up to Lena now. Agreed. Uh, Kara gave Lena an ultimatum and told her if she continues on that path, she's going to be a villain. Not that she is a villain right now. I wish the dialogue was framed better. I know the fandom hated the villain line, but this episode convinced me that Lena is a better person with Kara in her life. Yep. I don't think Kara is giving up on Lena. Kara wants to rebuild the relationship, but she can't do it unless Lena extends the hand and wants it to. Agreed. If you love something, let it go. If it comes back, it's yours. Yes, exactly. Um, Kara is letting Lena go so she can return to her to her on her own and for good. It's the ultimate trust and love. Kara is willing to let go of Lena in order to get her back fully. She's showing Lena she's willing to lose her if that's what Lena wants. Lena, the agency of choice. Now it's time for Lena to do her soul searching, and I believe in my I believe in my petty god lady. I know she will choose <laughs> Kara in the end. I'm with you. All right, Um, we've got some Swara feedback for Supergirl. Uh, Supergirl's 100th episode was overall fantastic. A few blemishes. While anchorship is still Kara and Alex, I can't help but feel that this episode made a strong case that Supergirl could very well be a contender. I am not in disagreement. (laughs) I am in agreement. Although that may just be the main hero-villain relationship of the show, a la Black Lightning and Clondon. Pending Lena's ultimate choice, I thought the way they used Mix to help Kara was smart. I appreciate him apologizing for being a total creep. I love Kara's speech to Lena at the end. You know I love my problematic fave, Lena, but she has absolutely not taken responsibility for her various bad actions. Um, seeing Kara say it's up to her to make herself and their friendship better, um, and that Kara is not going to beat herself up over anymore, it's immensely satisfying. I still have some hope that Lena will make better choices, as the showrunners hinted she might but that could very well be bait. No, I'm pretty sure she will. They're not going to let Lena go off and be a villain. So, Mm -hmm. For all her flaws and contradictions in the writing, especially this season, I inevitably love this fantastic Fascinating character and hope she does better. I'm Lena Trash and I embrace it. (laughs) (laughs) And then (laughs) finally we have Celeste. I love that she said, I'm back mainly with Batwoman and Supergirl Feedback because the Flash was mega boring. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Overall, I thought it was an okay 100th episode. Was it my favorite? No, but I enjoyed it for the most part. Mixie was actually funny this time. I love the comedy and dramatics he brought. Uh, my Nia and Kelly crumbs were nice. I love the short scene of Alex and Kelly kicking evil Brainy's ass. That's right. Um, seeing Sam again was nice as well. Wish she could have stuck around for more than one season because the energy Odette brings on screen is great and Lena could use a friend. I don't disagree. I love Odette and I love uh, it's, Sam. It's, it's a reminder that Lena does actually
2: have other, friends. other friend, a yes, friend, exactly. The only ones.
0: That's true. Although the rest of the season would have you believe otherwise. Right. <laughs> I can't trust nobody. Yeah, Caroline, I what... they're all
1: women who have screwed her over. <laughs>
0: yeah. I would love to know what Sam, <laughs> Sam thinks did about the that. things that Lena is doing. You know, yes. I wonder if Sam's ever calling her like, "Hey, are you okay over there?" I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> monel actually gave some good advice this time around. Even if it was an alternate version of him. I totally forgot about that, and you're not wrong. Um, yeah, I did love that. I'm putting that in my likes. When he was like, you deserve what you give, basically, right? <laughs> you are a good person that is good to people, and you deserve to get good back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Kara finally telling Lena that she's done blaming herself was, whew, waiting on her to finally stop putting so much blame on herself. She finally did. I know Phantom was mad, to so the villain line in there, but in my opinion, Lena needed to hear it. I totally agree. Yeah. Overall, 7 out of 10. Like, Lena does base her kind of, like, her moral compass, or, like, how she views her actions on how other people view her. Yeah. So... I do think she needed someone to say, if you do this, you are a villain. Yeah,
2: so I agree. Especially Kara. So it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck and exactly. stamped Yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh with that uh out of the way and no predictions to speak of, we can move on to Batwoman. Yes.
1: The fire. The fire of Batwoman. Okay. Oh a new God. villain named Nocturna, single. <laughs> A new villain in Nocturnus sinks her teeth into Gotham, and the holdup, aka Kate's Club, opens in grand fashion for plot reasons. Early, <laughs> Sophie reluctantly requests that Batwoman keeps her distance, knowing their interactions could compromise her career. Which she did not do because you totally kissed her. And that's that on that. What sparked joy? <laughs> the kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: I, like, it was, I didn't expect it, but I appreciate it so much. (laughs) Like, do not talk to me, do not pass go, don't collect $200. It's the only thing I'll be talking about for, like, a week. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) But, like, you know, before that, kind of back up. I was kind of, like, wondering last week how they're going to go from Beth getting, like, shot to (laughs) opening the hold up and catching a vampire. But I think this episode did a good job of grieving Beth while also setting up the villain of the week. I like that look. Look, (laughs) Luke took like best amethyst necklace and um, not was it amethyst or ruby? This amethyst. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah,
2: Yeah. and gave it to Kate along with um, the info on the nocturnal villain to give her a distraction and a way to take her mind off of losing her sister and choosing, you know, Beth over Alice, and now that has blown up in her face. Um, I also like that Nocturner was a realistic version of a vampire because until now, like black woman has been a pretty grounded show, a la arrow. And so throwing in a vampire suddenly could be just like, what, you know, this doesn't make sense, but the way that they did it um makes sense for the tone of the show. And I feel like Nocturner had the villain struggle that we are always upset that Killer Frost didn't get, um, you know, like the fact that she isn't just killing random people for just because, but it's, or, like, because she's an actual vampire, but but she needs, like, the blood to survive. Like, if she doesn't kill people, then she's going to die. So she has to do this. Um, why target club goers? I have no idea. <laughs> um, I don't really know that the show really answered club goers. and I guess, and, like, they were rich and didn't really, you know, understand the struggles of poor people with very specific medical conditions. (laughs) Um, But I I did like the fact that Nocturna was driven towards this lifestyle to survive. And then that made her more complicated as a villain and added a layer of depth to what could have been just like really ridiculous. Um, I liked that Sophie um, had to save Batwoman. Like, you know, Batwoman fights Nocturna and gets like tied up. And it's Sophie that has to save her, because we've seen Batwoman save Sophie, like, a couple of times. So now, like, Sophie is kind of, like, returning the favor. The whole, all the tension and electricity in that scene of her just, like, you know, we have to hurry, and then just going, like, super slow yeah. and really close <laughs> was great. Um, I, yeah, that was, like, that was a really, really great scene. Who knew that that was the start of everything <laughs> in this episode? Um like Sophie, like mourning her that, you know, we have to stay away um, while just like being all up in her personal space is like saying go, but not wanting her to go kind of thing. Um, I like that, again, like the reason for opening up the club early, what made sense within the storyline. And the fact that he's had to see jealous Kate, um, Sophie in civilian clothes, looked bomb.com. Like, thank God. Like, Jacob was like, please go to my daughter's gay bar dressed to the nines for quote-unquote surveillance. <laughs> <laughs> she was surveying, all right. <laughs> it was great to see her in, like, some club attire. I like that Mary's like, you need to relax, girl, lighten up. Um, I like that she got hit on by the woman that I thought was going to be Nocturna. So I like that that right. was also like a little, like, false, like, red herring or whatever because we thought it was going to be her um but i i hope she comes back like i I need l to come back now for (laughs) my own personal reasons (laughs) but i like like um kate's like i like luke's reaction to seeing sophie first of all because that was hilarious um and kate's kind of like nervousness at seeing like l chatting up sophie and sophie like giggling and all this kind of stuff and she's like you know, she's just doing her she's just doing her job. She's like she's, this is it's okay. Like she's not doing she's not really into her, you know, getting like really flustered and, and everything like that. That was great. Um I liked also that um well I didn't like it, but I thought it was an interesting choice for Alice to kind of give up um Mary and her magic blood <laughs> and then um instead of really having Kate save Alice and that be like the thing of the episode, it was saving Mary. Um, so she had attempted to save Beth last one at sister last episode. Now she has the opportunity to save the other sister. Um, and then all of that kind of leading to the end of the episode, which is my favorite, favorite part of <laughs> Sophie kind of bring in a second outfit. Like, she had a coat when she went to talk to Jacob, so we got, like, three different looks in non- in, like, non-Crow's uniform. Awesome. Thank you. Um, but the facts... And I'll, he was an asshole, so he, he's not really alike, but, you know, if he had to be an asshole and out of character to get Sophie out of the Crows agency, I will take it. But the final, you know, her using the bat signal to call Kate because she can't really slide into Batwoman's DMs. (laughs) It was great and the fact that she's like, you know, this doesn't make sense for me, my career, everything that I've built myself up towards. This is a huge risk. I'm so sorry. And, you know, Batwoman kind of like, you know, I get it, I get it. But then for her to know, like, all the risks and then still kiss Batwoman anyway and have that, like, return, the whole kiss was, like, really like, so well
0: worth it.
2: Yes, it was great. Um, and it's kind of funny because they're kind of like West Island in a way that they've like broken up like four different times without actually being together. <laughs> it was first, it was like Sophie broke up with Kate and then Kate was like, I break up with you. And then Sophie's like, I break up with Batwoman. And was like, okay. She's like, no, wait, that's not a minute.
0: <laughs> Even without that ending, it was uh, still a very enjoyable episode. I thought it was the right Uh, choice to take a step back from the loss of Beth and like the grief that people would be feeling over that and instead try to distract both Kate and the audience simultaneously with a vampire Um, and also the fact that the vampire was played by Kayla Yule, who was a vampire on Vampire Diaries which was showrun by Carolyn Dries, which was very much like a flash circle you know of love situation that I always enjoy on the Flash, so I accept that here as well. I hope that we get more random Vampire Diaries cameos in the future, though they can't all be vampires. Is it? Uh, what's
2: his face supposed to be directing an episode?
0: Yes, Paul, Paul Wesley, Wesley is directing an episode. Yep. So, so we're getting that good stuff. Um, also, I I like as Jessica had very uh, concisely pointed out how Nocturna had like a grand, a grounded reason for acting vampiric. Um, I think that the club thing is like, like she's allergic to light or something, right? Like vampire-y. So I guess it's like dark, dank spots. Maybe that's Ah, why. That I don't, I I didn't really like, (laughs) I I, I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about it. It was only because you asked it, that I was like, what is the reason? I think that's the reason. (laughs) But anyway, um, overall she provided a lot of fun and also she provided an excuse for Sophie to get dressed up. And thus provide an excuse for Kate to get jealous. We love to see it. Um, also, liked that moment with Mary and, and and Sophie. I'm enjoying like the little snippets we get about friendship, and I hope that we get more of it in the future. Um, also, Mary figuring out that Kate's Batwoman all on her own. Oh my god! Actually, I forgot she's about being that. Genius. Good. Yes, we love that. I cannot wait to see how she handles it. I hope that. I mean, I know of course she's probably going to be upset. You know, she's probably going to be like betrayed, a little betrayed, but
2: hopefully not too betrayed. I don't think so. I don't think so. Like I don't think so like, more Mary just like, like think it's fun. She's, she's, she's like, oh my god, you were totally about. Like I, I'm wondering mm-hmm. if so, because Sophie asked me off the get go that Kate was Fat yeah. Woman and oh, she that, at her to not yeah. doing it. So Sophie I, I don't think that Mary so. could be like gaslit the same way that Sophie was. No. She's already so been she's, involved. To, like later in, she's already, yeah,
0: yeah. And in
2: fact, I like that she's been so
0: involved uh, these last couple episodes, despite not actually knowing. Like at times, I almost forget she doesn't know because she's like right there doing the scenario with everyone up until yeah. like, you know, when Luke is like, Oh, I have to go now. And it's like, wait, what? Oh, that's right. Mary does not know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I like that. We're going to see her, you know, that, that we've seen her be part of the team. And now hopefully we'll see her be part of the team with full knowledge. Um, also, uh, you know, obviously we have to talk about how uh, on fire Sophie and Batwoman were uh, this week. I finally, like after all these years, DC TV has finally given me the two-person love triangle that I signed up yeah. for in the first place. <laughs> yeah. It's literally the only trope that I have ever wanted from DC TV, and Batwoman gave it to me. I can't believe. <laughs> I cannot believe. Um, so, yeah, I'm super excited. I loved it. Like, I've seen, you know, when they were on that rooftop and... and Sophie was like building up all these excuses and then Kate was like, All right, I'll leave you alone. I get it. I'm gonna go. First off, I liked that Kate didn't even get mad, but she was just like, I understand, you know, I'm gonna go now. Cause your your career is important to you and you're important to me or whatever. And then Sophie was like, No, because you're sexy and I have to make out with you anyway. So yes. Um, I loved it. It was great. It was great. I hope there's video footage of that so that Jake Jacob can watch that and be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, overall, a very enjoyable episode. I'm here for it.
1: May May, I I hate to agree, but I'm going to agree. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone, everyone should, everyone listening should be used to that by now, right? right.
2: Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, so uh, I was really surprised when start started the rooftop kiss because I was really surprised because I honestly thought that Sophie was just going to be like, no, yeah, my job is really important, so this is the end of that, and I'm like, Dan, we're not going to communicate for like right. a few more episodes. Shit. <laughs> And then she just goes in for it. And then Kate pauses and goes right back in. And I'm like, yes! This is amazing. Um, I would like to thank West Allen and Batmore for inventing rooftop rendezvous. <laughs> thank you and good night. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think it was a really good uh, – like, last week we kind of, like, touched upon how it was a little bit frustrating that Sophie was so trigger-happy. But I really like that this episode sort of expanded on – like, why that is, and, like, you know, her being under stress, and now Jacob is back, and she's doing all yeah. these
2: things, so it kind and of helped... wanting to be, like, change that after talking to Elle at the bar about how the public is perceiving the crows, and her being, like, yeah, this is... Yeah, yeah. It's not great. <laughs> yeah, I love that,
1: that she's finally, like, seeing it from a different point of view, and also that she's willing to change, because now that Jacob's back, and all the stuff is, like, crows are going so hard, and, like, who... Who guards the guards? So that was a really interesting um, perspective, and and I like that we got that from her as well. And it would it like really sets up interesting things for her moving forward. Now that she's like gone on the gone on to the other side, and she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna kiss Batwoman. I don't care about the crows. My job. My husband. Who is?
2: I think. <laughs> He, he doesn't is, even exist anymore my, on the show. I've already. Thank you, done. crisis for that.
1: <laughs> I think I think when it comes to like West Allen comparisons, I will say that I really like the fact that they never made her husband a series regular. <laughs> so
2: yeah. like, he well, he's gonna be, he's gone. It's he fine. Yeah, Eddie, but he's not Eddie. Like, yeah. that's the Eddie that we should have gotten just like, you know, a couple episodes and then you never hear from him again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and obviously like their chemistry was on fire. I love, you know,
1: jealousy, but it wasn't like extreme. But you can tell like Kate was really pissed, and she was just getting in the way. And she's like, you know, don't you, don't you basically have better things I don't to want do? Want a drink? <laughs> How a <how's> shot? <laughs> yeah, everyone just looked like really good this episode. It was yeah. just amazing. So the the bar is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> um other things I like I also agree about like Nocturna. I think that with this show it would be weird to sort of just bring in I know that they all exist on Earth Prime now, but it would be weird to bring in like a meta human. So I was like, oh, how are they gonna do this? So it was nice that they actually actually had like a uh, medical reason for the way that she was and the fact that like her dad died and that's why she's going out and getting the blood that she
2: and he she used, used to implants. Mm-hmm. They weren't like she didn't naturally like grow animal tranquil either. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <Okay>. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so it all worked out.
1: Um and yeah, I mean it was just like a solid episode all around. I love that Mary figured out that Batwoman was Kate and Kate was Batwoman because like I feel like it's been building up with her whole, you know, drunken, oh my God, there's a multiverse thing. And now with this, like you can see Mary connecting the dots throughout the episode. Like she'll be, she'll bring up a question. And I thought it was going to be a thing where it's going to go on for multiple episodes, but I love the fact that it happened all in one. Um, So that was really great. And I feel like it was a nice breather for all the, dark shit that batwoman's been going through since crisis ended because <laughs> it's been nonstop, and it was like a nice break even from like all the mouse stuff and generally a lot of the alice stuff as well so it was um it was like a fun episode and i feel like it really progressed the characters in a way that it hasn't really had for specifically for like sophie hasn't it's been a while and then next week her mom's coming in so that's great so we're finally, like, moving forward in and like, big Like, way. she
2: and, and Batwoman are, like, quote-unquote dating a little bit. Yeah. I like, I watched the trailer, and he's like, Batwoman can't have a girlfriend. And so, like, you know, Kate obviously isn't like, oh, my gosh, she's kissed me as a Batwoman. This is a little bit deceiving. I let me back off. She's like, nope, I'm going to go visit you.
1: <laughs> Excellent <laughs> content. <laughs> what did not spark joy?
2: Jacob Kane, man. Like, how did he even get released from jail, to be honest? Like, I feel like there's a little bit fuzziness there, because, like, last we saw, like, Mouse's crazy-ass face-dealing daddy was, like, using Sophie and Jacob to find his son and then kill Beth-slash-Alice, but they didn't really connect the dots afterwards. Like, did he keep, like, did he really just keep true to his word to exonerate Jacob, even though he doesn't really care about Jacob, (laughs) really, at all? I guess it was, I, I mean, I guess it was, like, Get Back at Alice by exonerating Jacob could be only one way to look at it but I think they kind of like glossed over him just like the process of him getting out of jail um and then like the fact that once he was out of jail he was back on his bullshit about like Batwoman and you know and it's kind of hilarious that he's like she is a vigilante she doesn't you know go by the laws this is not how you protect the city you know Like, we do. Like, oh, really? The crows? The crows are, like, the standard morality of, like, law-abiding protection agencies? (laughs) Like, okay, I guess, you know, instead of Batwoman, what Batwoman does, maybe what we should be uplifting is, like, stop and frisk and illegal search and seizures, because that's, you know, that's, you know, upstanding protection agency. Um, So I just felt, like, the hypocrisy. Of uh, Jacob Kane, like hating on Batwoman, was just like ridiculous, and him like firing Sophie over it. I mean, like, ah, oh, thank you for your service for firing her because <laughs> she can like breathe in the civilian world without you, but still she's suspe- suspended, suspended, right? yeah, suspended. But just go ahead and fire her. Jacob. Close enough. <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> please fire, her, fire her.
0: I dare you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, thank you for firing done. her. But please do it. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I just thought, like, you know. He just has no legs to stand on, really. And the fact that she is the only one of his fake daughters that actually cared enough <laughs> to stick with him and get him out of jail, that's how you treat her? Really, Jacob? Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. Uh, did not really care for him much. Um, with And then, like, with Alice, you know, there it was a lot of like whining on Alice. I th- I feel like I, it's her some of her motives are confusing to me because, like I mentioned earlier, she gets caught up by nocturna. Which how Alice? Like he, I guess she was like really that out of it that she didn't really notice a whole ass villain coming up because um, nocturna caught like a huge fish when she caught Alice. Um, so the fact that she caught Alice slipping is one thing, but like also the fact that she gave up. Mary, because Mary's, like, magic blood, and I'm just, like, she had an antidote, like, once, like, two weeks ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, she doesn't have, they didn't change, like, her whole DNA system, so I, she can't really have, like, I don't know, the fact that, you know, it was, it was a little bordering on unbelievability that she still has the antidote in her system. Um, she definitely doesn't now, because, like, Natana drained her, uh, but I, I just think that was that reasoning was a little bit plot devicey um yeah they don't understand
1: biology (laughs) yeah
2: and then like she gave up mary but then she helped to save mary by also like kate is like a negative and she's like oh pot like universal donor or whatever and i'm like I guess I missed when Nocturna actually took the blood bags that she stole from Mary. But she's like, can, can you just like why does she need Alice's blood? Can you just like put her blood back into her her body? Like, I don't know. Um, but the fact that, you know, Kate actually left Mary alone with Alice and Alice actually saved her life when just before she was like, Please kill this girl. Um I don't know. That like that whole thing is like confusing to me and like this whole time she's been like I'm beyond redemption, Kate joined the dark side because I'm not coming to the light and then Kate was like fine, I will not try to redeem me anymore and then Alice is like, but I want you to <laughs> and so I don't know I feel like I don't really know where Alice's head is at anymore so it's confusing that's it
0: it's kind of like, now that you mention that, it's kind of like a super extreme version of Lena and Kara. It is! (laughs) (laughs) Because, like, obviously... (laughs) Alice is much, much, much worse than Lena, like, another (laughs) dimension. Lena ain't killed anybody yet, but it was still, like, (laughs) like, leave me alone! Leave me alone! (laughs) What? You left me alone? Wow, could you leave me alone? Exactly. (laughs) Um, so, like, I I don't know, like, I was gonna put that in my dislikes, and I was like, I guess it just feels true, but it's annoying, you know, so I didn't, I, 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 then I left just off completely, but you're right, like, it's a little bit weird, like, you're like, Alice, can you make up your mind? (laughs) Do you want to be saved or not, woman? Do you want to turn Kate evil or not? Because isn't letting your sister die kind of evil? Shouldn't you be, like, proud of her? (laughs) But anyway, overall, I was like, okay, Alice, that's nice. Okay. Um, sending a tournament after Mary's blood was, like, like you said. I mean, like, okay, yeah, it's the only card the Owls could play, so, yeah, sure, why not? But it, her blood doesn't work anymore. It's not. It couldn't even save two women left. It can only save one woman. So, obviously, you can't do anything else. It's done now. So, like, she could have made up any life. Like, she or she could have just, you know, maybe she, I don't know, just the fact that she used it because it's a real thing, but it's not real anymore was, like, weird. Because, like, she could have said that just to get back at Kate, you know? Like, ah, I'll kill your other sister because I'm mad at you. But instead it was like, this is a thing, but it's not a thing. So it was just weird. I feel like they they could have gone in further with it or just not gone there again. Not gone to that same will. Plus, why is my turn to just be like, yes, I will take your word for it. That makes sense. Why wouldn't you just drain Alex and then go find another chick? Yeah, like, whatever. So (laughs) so anyway, Uh, moving on. Jacob, yes. Like everything about jacob this week why why are you oh well, why are you here a um and B, like how did you get out did did face man really just like stick to the plan was he like i'm gonna get you out take my mouse i will get you out you know what i i'm happy with you because you helped me kill alice so i will release you from prison i guess i don't know we didn't see it at all and also i feel like it still can't happen that quickly but whatever no yeah that's fine he's back now and he's weird like i was like everything seems strange on him like he was all like chilling in prison like whatever and now he's out and he's like i'm hard and i'm mean and i'm mad at sophie and i'm mad at batwoman i don't know who kate is prison changed (laughs) him apparently (laughs) like i was like okay at first i did think he was face dude for a little bit i was like is face dude kind to need me jacob like what's going on is this jacob something seems strange um so yeah he was annoying also he and Kate just like don't have a relationship and I feel like they were set up to very much have a relationship in season in the first episode I was almost like surprised by how much of a relationship they had and like how like warm they actually were with each other and now like as the season goes on they've like slowly just like stopped acknowledging each other's existence and it's very strange because like if your dad just got out of prison you think that you'd have a lot more
2: you'd like go see him like exactly. Hey, dad. have a lot congrats more congrats on getting out of prison yeah <laughs>
0: And also, like, even though he doesn't know, like, his daughter just died again. Um, and doesn't he think his daughter is dead? Like, he thinks that Alice is dead, and... They went to the morgue, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He thinks Alice is dead, and Beth is dead for real, even though he doesn't know that. But, like, again, you'd think that that's something you'd want to, like, you know, see your dad. But apparently Kate has never in her life wanted to see her dad. So that is not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, that was very strange. <laughs> Um, I, at, at some point it's kind of like I don't know that we need Jacob is what I'm saying do we need Jacob does he serve any purpose if she if Kate and her dad were close and yet he had this issue with that woman that would be interesting but that's not the case if anything it's like oh he loves Sophie but Sophie loves that woman so he doesn't love Sophie anymore like that's the most <laughs> that's what was going on this episode i guess anyway um i wanted Marion luke as a ship but i don't know if i wanted it like this i don't know <laughs> if i wanted um what cost
1: At what cost
0: him <laughs> to get called her brother which was the strangest why did she say that no
2: she said she said that he was her boyfriend's brother oh her
0: boyfriend's brother okay oh that. that's yes. better well he doesn't that's he doesn't here. think
1: he's her brother so you know he, think,
0: he certainly doesn't think he's her brother. <laughs> he also was very offended at being her boyfriend's brother. But anyway, <laughs> I was like, okay, I guess we're going here now. <laughs> um, I would be, it would be low-key, low it would be cuter if she had a crush on him, and then he would did not ever think that she would be into him, because he's super nerdy and lame, you know what I mean? But whatever, we're just going to do the same thing that we always do.
1: Um, Luke just needs to, like, you know, unbutton have, his shirt, show you his abs, uh, and then yes, just do right? that. Yes
0: exactly that's exactly. exactly that's how it should have started no that's how it should have started They should have had a pool party and then he takes off his shirt because he's like a back you know he's going into the pool and then mary's like excuse me a, a pool I exactly. it's like okay like
1: no, luke, no, this this luke, these luke these is episodes nerdy episodes. but he can still be sexy come on now i don't need <laughs> in
0: this episode i just need as, as a way to start the ship but anyway Anyway, um, (laughs) finally, um, before this podcast, I was reading, um, a review of each, I read a review of each, uh, show as a refresher to refresh my, my memory on what the fuck happened in these episodes, right? And I read the AV Club review of Batwoman, and I would like to punch it in the face. (laughs) Um, I don't know who the hell this first, I was like suspicious because mm, Sophie was like not mentioned. And then I was like, "What is going on?" And then it was finally mentioned, like the final paragraph. And they were like, "And they were like, remember when um, Beth said that uh, Kate had a soulmate, and we were all hoping it wouldn't be Sophie? But now it seems wow. like it is Sophie." So poor one out for all of us. And then I don't remember if it was them or if the comment said, basically, someone was like, either them or the commenter was like, "Oh yeah, I guess that means we're stuck with her for the season." And I was like, "You dipshits, you are stuck with her for the whole show." um she is the equivalent of the female lead even though we already have a female lead because the woman is, is that woman. But still, she is
2: a love interest i wonder yes? if
1: it's the okay. same reviewer who used to do flash because that's something right, yeah right like that's
2: that's what that's i was the like that's what i was yeah. thinking yeah it's the same so, kind of like
0: bullshit yeah so very clearly um they don't rep- you know journalists are not learning their lesson you're going to have to, you know, five seasons from now, I'm sure you'll be writing articles about how Meg and Tandy changed the game. And Sophie is so iconic. Um, but right now, y'all are pee. Oh, shit. That's all. I hope you listen to this. No, actually, I hope you don't listen to the podcast. I also hope you listen to this.
1: So you know that you suck. Uh,
0: that is all. That,
1: that was beautiful. Because that's garbage. Um, yes, Jacob. I feel like it's weird to me because it seems like there's a weird pattern in which Batwoman and Supergirl, both of the two shows that have female leads, don't have great parental figures in them. It's like they're just gone. I mean, Supergirl has Jean, but like Kara's mom, non-existent. Both of her moms <laughs> are not non-existent. Um, And then you have Jacob here whom, you know, could have been like an interesting contentious relationship and they didn't go anywhere with it. Like you said, like they I don't think they've interacted since like way before crisis even happened. Um, So it just seems like he's just the head of crow security and that's it. You know, like, he has no life outside of that either. It's, like, worse even, I think, now than that Sophie because he's not getting any development. He's just sort of, like, a plot device, (laughs) which is really sad Um, because all this stuff is happening. And, yeah, he's not talking to Kate. Kate's not talking to him. He got out of prison. No one threw him a party. Like, Mary was trying to get get him out of prison. Sophie was trying to get him out of prison. No one cared about this man getting out of prison. (laughs) He was just back to business. And doing whatever he is wants with the crows. And it makes me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, <laughs> but also like, it makes me wonder about, like they were talking about accountability in this episode and it makes me wonder, yes, he's the head of crow security, but is there like a board of directors that would have him kicked out like, or suspended for a time being right. because he was accused the of murder,
2: whatever, like Catherine yeah, Trump, exactly. he's running that. And also
1: like after Catherine's little you know, it was publicized what she said about like crows and what she was doing and all those shady shady dealings and no one batted an eye, like where is Vesper Fairchild? Where are what are you reporting? You know, like right. what is going on in the city that no one's questioning, you know, why these things are happening or like why they should even trust Jacob and his company because Of all that's happened and he's also a murderer probably just out on bail no one knows that he's actually innocent um so that's weird um so i'd like more development on that and yeah i mean primarily the jacob stuff because it, it just it's so bizarre i think to not have any kind of conversation knowing that like we saw a little bit of his guilt in terms of Beth and not being able to save her and Alice and whatnot so I feel like to have him not have a real reaction to her dying like this is his daughter is strange and then not to have a an emotional reaction with him and Kate like imagine the interesting dynamic that would create like if they had talked about it and Kate knows that that's not like Alice is not the one that he's actually talking about um yeah Um, what else, what else, what else? Oh yes. Alice. I feel like when she's not off planning and plotting her little tea party for Gotham, they don't really, they don't quite know how to grasp. Like they don't have a grasp of what to do with her because it's just back to the whole, you know, back and forth to Kate about wanting her to be evil not wanting her to be evil you chose me, you didn't choose me, all this other stuff. And it's it's coming off like it's being dragged out. And I feel like I'm worried more so that, that they're trying to, they want her to be a villain, but they also don't want her to be good. So it's a very fine line to walk. And they don't know how to do that properly without making her come off as a person who's constantly like blaming Kate and her dad for her life, the way that she's living. And it's really kind of getting frustrating. So I don't know how they're going to do that knowing now that Beth from another Earth is gone completely and there's no like merging of them as well to even have an example of what Beth or Alice could be like with being evil and and being good at the same time. So... (laughs) Predictions or feedback, or either. We're <laughs> just giving
0: the feedback. <laughs> giving the no. <laughs> um, I believe that that is not correct. We have some Batwoman feedback from Celeste, Yay. who said the way I'm no enjoying
2: the feedback on this episode. Because, right? come on.
0: <laughs> the way I'm enjoying Batwoman more than Supergirl at the moment. I never thought there would be a day where I'd say that. Girl. Me either. Me either so got to wear two different outfits um that weren't crow's uniforms hallelujah love a lady in uniform and i'm glad she got to wear something else luke's reaction to sophie was funny oh my god that's right when he was like she broke up with you right i forgot that was so funny <laughs> okay um <laughs> jealous kate was hilarious as well mary connecting the dots figuring out that kate is batwoman finally glad she's officially looped in i never expected alice to help mary that was for that twist was interesting a uh, first Sophie and Batwoman scene. Sophie just kept getting closer. Sexual tension. Whew! You're gonna get my ass fired. It Was definitely foreshadowing. Yes, it was. I thought Jacob suspending Sophie was a douchey move. How is he gonna feel when he finds out Batwoman's his own daughter? Um, r- the rooftop kiss, Shaft's kiss. Um, seeing the promo and stills for next episode has me even more excited. Nice for Sophie to finally do something for her. Yep, it's nice. That Sophie actually stuck out a limb for her, for Batwoman um makes me wonder if that's what she wanted to do in episode 108 before kate told her she was gonna give her space either way it's nice to see her be a little more confident um i want to know how so if we didn't know it was kate from the kiss that's true yeah that is true all right um is that the only batwoman feedback that we have i think it is so uh any predictions or are we moving on
2: I just think like going back to like Mary knowing that uh Kate is Batwoman, I don't think that she'll be upset at Kate about it, really. I do think that it will kind of aggravate the kind of uh bickering back and forth between like Mary and Luke, like each one wants to be like Batwoman's number one, and so I feel like Mira will be like, I'm her actual sister, so I should be <laughs> more important than you or I have to have more to say than you, so because I, I think that they've um. Just between their interactions so far, it's just kind of been like a little bit of like a bigger kind of thing relationship between them. And so I feel like that could be even more so like who is Batwoman's favorite sidekick <laughs> is what I predict for that.
1: Oh, I like
2: it. Yeah.
1: All right. That's so cool. who is our Lady of Gumption for side A nominees for Supergirl so and Batwoman? <laughs> Yay, Sophie. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think it, I think Sophie, yeah, for sure. For Batwoman, because she, you know, put her job on the line. She helped Batwoman. She was true to her loins. <laughs> and,
1: I guess and then Cara obviously for, B- for Supergirl. Yeah, yeah. for finally
0: standing up for herself and finally putting up that boundary. And, you know, yeah, it's good.
1: Breathing. Mm-hmm. Please make some decisions. <laughs> moving into side b with the flash black lightning and legends we have run forward tidy up slash the devil you know over on the flash barry is feeling overwhelmed with all the changes since crisis aka he could not find his damn parents graves uh, so he conducts an experiment <laughs> that goes awry and puts him directly in gorilla Grods path a.k.a. his brain <laughs> expecting the worst Barry is surprised when Grodd asks for his help unfortunately for both the Flash and Grodd things get worse when another villain appears Solovar who is guarding the path to get out of the mindscape um, meanwhile Iris works with Ava to escape the Mirrorverse. verse Stefan Placzynski directed the episode written by Kristen Kim and Joshua V Gilbert what sparked joy
0: well um, things that sparked joy include, I like, you know, Grodd being a changed gorilla and being like, oh, hey, I'm cool now. I I just kidnapped you and put you in this cage so you would empathize with me and understand how different and cool I am now. That was very Grodd of him. Um, and so I did think it was, like, interesting to have uh, Barry and Grodd, like, work together. That's definitely uh, something I was not expecting, Um, And was a more interesting use than probably like heading back to Gorilla City or whatever for the 300th time. Um, Aside from that, I very much liked seeing um, more of Iris in the Mirrorverse and seeing uh, her trying to work with Ava, who was being very uncooperative um, for, you know, reasons that were no surprise to anyone and yet were Surprising in that they were revealed in that episode. So I was like, I was like, all right, are we just gonna like pretend like Ava is not super sketchy, and then surprise, she's super sketchy. So yay! Um, I like that we got to see that she and Mirror Iris are working together, even though it's not yet clear what is going on, what one, what affects one of them affects the other. So we're like, hmm, many many theories popping into our heads. Uh, speaking of Mirror Iris, uh, her scene with Joe when she blew up a Joe. <laughs> and then he was like, mm, "I don't think so." And she's like, "Oh, dialing it back." That was uh, great. I love that for Joe, but also to see that Mirror Iris isn't entirely comfortable, right? Being Iris, like right. Iris would never do that. She wants so... to go.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want so... to finish this mission so I can go home. <laughs> it was it was quite interesting. Um, I. I did think that the um, like, it was also a good use of like, you know, saving your money <laughs> by only having um, Grodd be there, like, like for, for taking a while for Grodd to show up basically. Right. Um, having first Barry be Grodd and then later on having Joe be Grodd, which was, you know, Jesse L. Martin is a great grad. Uh, so good, good saving of money for the Solovar fight, basically. Um what else happened what else happened oh i love chester i love him i just want to give him a big hug he is so precious and adorable um i thought that chester and camilla being team flash the episode was cute and i also like how it proves that team flash is just you know it can be anyone anyone can do team flash things love that um also love how barry had to learn the lesson to not be a huge asshole to Chester for no reason. <laughs> my God. And then he apologized at the end I was like, my baby! It's okay! So, that was cute. Um, Chester's, you know, I guess officially inducted into the team. That's very nice. Um, and I do think that Frost is a good cheerleader. So, there's that. It's nice to see her worry about other people um, and, help, and giving them advice instead of, you know, her own. And it's nice that she keeps Ralph's memory alive in his... Uh, Absence, absence. Which I'm like, what is going? I don't understand. if, like, I hope Ra- Harley Sawyer is filming someone else because feel bad for him missing out on all these chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's because he's busy. So, <laughs> um, do I have anything else? I feel like I'm done now. I mean, so- I like that we got Chester's backstory. That was good. Um, and. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like we're done now. Yeah. I feel like I can see to... Wait. The fact <laughs> that Barry was working on Gideon is good. Yes, like finally, some proof that Barry actually created Gideon and could potentially do that. <laughs> and then when Chester, you know, upgraded it, it actually was like not good. Which I mm-hmm. mean like feel bad for Chester. But thankfully, for once, it's not like here Barry did a mediocre thing. Let me improve on it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> very stupid and everyone else is not
2: okay that's all yeah I love Chester so much um black boy joy like he was just like so much his like enthusiasm and like oh my god I'm gonna hit the flash and his like nerdiness about everything I feel like Chester is what the Batwoman writers think they're writing Luke as. yes they're not but, like, Chester is is actually, like, who they think Luke is. Um, I really, really enjoyed – I felt so bad when, like, Barry, like, barked at him. It was kind of funny, like, his Barry is like, I'm in my own – I'm in my house, so I can flash around. And then Camilla is just, like, walking random people <laughs> into into Star Labs, and that's how, like, Chester finds out his secret. Um but and you know he's like really just excited to to be here, be a part of like the team and like the situation. It's like yes, Mister sir. <laughs> you know. And he's like just like so excited. So I got I was like really sad for him when like Barry like you know barked at him like your your hero is telling you to like back off. Like you're not on the team. Um, so that was that was kind of sad. Um, and I liked that he. I mean, it was weird that it was this conversation with Frost. Um, whose counterpart is like the pull yourself up by your bootstraps Caitlin (laughs) because we've already had like two situations in season two with Jax and then um, the other Firestorm uh, candidate where it's kind of like she was not the best person (laughs) to talk to black men in these kind of situations so it's kind of weird that you know Chester is spilling this uh, backstory to Frost but the backstory itself um, about how he tried to do something and, you know, it, it did not work out that way, and so no one was going to give him another chance, and that, like, his mentor from back in the day, like, this old-school old, old school Black guy was also like, look, you have to do the, the best the first time, because you, the world is not going to give you a second chance, and I feel like um, it's similar to like, a lot of things that, you know, um, I think Scandal did it the best, like Papa Pope talking to Olivia about how we have to, you know, you have to be better, stronger, faster, better, um, because you have to work twice as hard to get what everybody else gets bare minimum at the first time. So I think it was kind of like a, a nice um, to acknowledge that, um, and that's definitely Eric's influence, I think, in that in that writing that scene right there. Um, and I like that. So I do like that. At the end, he does actually wind up being instrumental in helping to save Barry um, and get him out of the situation. Like he did get a second chance. Um, so And Barry appreciated that. And like, I liked having, you know, Barry coach Chester, like, you can do this, Chester, I believe in you. So that was really satisfying to see him actually um, get that second chance. And it worked. And he's he saves his hero. that was really cool um the adventures of mirror iris (laughs) continue to be to be really fun to watch um her yelling at joe and joe's like look like who the fuck are you talking to (laughs) like it was kind of like you know in in that moment she knew that she fucked up and she had to like dial it back um so it was it was really funny um and then but then she kind of like turned it around she was also like smart enough to be like you know what Let's meet up at twelve for Big Belly Burger, and that was basically just to get Joe out of the office so she could do what she wanted to do anyway. So I thought that was, you know, you know, she's obviously has like a really great plan, and she's able to manipulate Iris's relationships very well in order to do that. Um, I like that Iris was starting to get a little bit suspicious of Eva and pushing like, why don't you want to get out? Use this machine to get out of here kind of thing Um, so it's not just Barry being a little bit feeling something is off with mirror Iris on the outside but also now we have Iris being a little bit suspicious of Eva within the mirror Um, so that's a good sign Um, the fact that like you said we did get to see Eva actually drop the facade at the end of the episode and learn that they are she is working with mirror Iris and they are working together for a goal whatever that goal is was great to have in this episode. Um, I haven't talked about Grodd yet, but like uh, I like that Grodd is a changed gorilla. (laughs) So that's, that's exciting. Um, And Barry was hard on a lot of people because he's hard on Chester and he's hard on gorilla Grodd. He's really stubborn this episode and believing that gorilla Grodd could change. Um, But I like that the team up between Barry and Grodd, you got like flash Grodd with, like the little red lightning where they like merge and everything. I thought that was really cool visually to see Grodd as a speedster. Um, so good luck to him and his new gorilla city on earth prime, I guess. And I think I talked about all, Oh yeah. And then frost being, you know, again, being a, the moral support for other people. Again, um, I like to see that from her. Although there are things about that that I – Frost in general that are continuing to bug me. But this is sparking joy in this section, so I will refrain <laughs> from continuing.
1: I I really love the moment where Nash was like, you know, he's like, Ralph is your life coach? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Nash. Because that continues – yeah, that continues to be funny. And speaking of Nash, um,
2: oh I like that yeah. one
1: – he was clarifying that Allegro was not his daughter-daughter. Like, I don't think she's his biological daughter, but they had some kind of, like, paternal, you know, daughter
2: relationship. Yeah. It's still um, weird, and I like that Allegro yeah. said it's I forgot to mention yeah. that. Like, we're saying, yeah. like, so this that was weird good. is
1: good. Yeah, so I'm brought, they, they finally brought it up, and they weren't just going to leave you hanging until, like, the 18th episode or something. So that was nice, and I actually liked the fact that he was, you know, he was going to man up and go tell her about it um because he was called out so he felt like that was what he should do after he spoke with uh frost and whatnot but then he was interrupted by another vision of wells telling him that reverse flash was showing up so that was really cool and unexpected yeah I um
2: that too because that that also means that i am still correct in my position <laughs> <laughs> jessica would like you to know that she i would like you to so... know that i am right at all times <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yes i also love that barry was creating uh gideon because that was important and it was it's nice to you just see him work because you know while he's venting that nothing is familiar right now to him uh it at least gets him to do things on his own because he doesn't i don't think that he constantly needs people in his ears so it was nice to have him building something on his own. Um, and I actually like that it seems like Barry and Iris' stories are paralleling each other, even though they had zero scenes together this episode. But like in this instance, Barry was stuck in a situation where like he was caged, like Mira was in, Iris was in the mirror caged, essentially, you know, she can't get out. So he was stuck in like Gorilla Grodd's mind with someone he didn't trust at all and Grod had to prove his trust or prove that he changed to Barry whereas like Ava was someone Iris initially trusted like she felt for because she thought that she was just stuck by happenstance inside the mirror and then she grew, she was like the opposite, she grew suspicious of Ava and then Ava had to also prove her uh, self to Iris that she was telling the truth even though we know she's not but it was like sort of um, a similar storyline in this episode and it was like I haven't really – I didn't love this episode, but, like, I haven't enjoyed a Grodd-focused episode in uh, maybe since season one. And this was, like, m- a lot more memorable than his previous appearances over the last few, few seasons. Um, so it was really nice to see that in this post-crisis world, villains can surprise you and be different. And the whole second chance thing that Flash is generally good at doing um, – like, be central to this episode. Um, so the the team up with Barry and Flash was really good. That whole action sequence was fun. Um, I also love Chester. I think that it's, well, it's really uh, kind of sad that yes, Team Flash, you know, quote-unquote is very <laughs> replaceable. <laughs> um, he is, like, a nice addition to the show because he brings, like, that, that spark, that happy energy, that was around in the earlier seasons like when everything was sort of new but everything is new to him so it's kind of like
2: like eric wallace like an eric wallace insert and i'm not mad at (laughs) yeah 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 exactly
1: but it was i don't know like you guys have seen the goofy movie but there's like a scene in it where she's he's like you know could you go help me out with these paperwork and the lady's like the secretary's like yes right away sir and this is like chester he's just like yes yes flash I will do that for you. I will help you. <laughs> I will bring your coffee, sir. I do the cooking and the cleaning. <laughs> yeah. It was really, really cute. Like, he just kept calling him sir. And it was, like, nice that, you know, Barry was...
2: Someone respects Barry Allen. Someone
1: respects one. Barry Allen. And also, like, even though Barry was really frustrated with him at first, it was nice to see him back in the, like, last couple of minutes be uh, a mentor of sorts to Chester. So that was really nice to see. Um so yeah, all about building relationships. Uh, what did not spark joy?
0: Um, in general, I don't find Grodd episodes to be all that exciting. Um, ever well, like one twenty one was amazing, but otherwise, you know, meh. And then of course 313, 314 had the proposal, but that's it. Um, aside from that, I'm like, yeah, I don't need them. Keep them. And this was not any different. Um. Like, we still got a little bit of the Mirrorverse, thankfully, but the Grodd aspect of it had no connection to Black Hole whatsoever. I and mean, not like everything does, but you think maybe Barry would be a little bit more concerned about that, since that was like a thing that was happening in the previous episode. So, meh. Nah. Um, aside from that, I. I. Uh, you know, Frost being with Jupiter is fine, but I have to agree with what will be said in the future about how Frost and Caitlyn have no, like, demarcation between them. Like, it's not clear why one is one way and the other is another way, or, like, what Frost has gleaned or learned from Caitlyn. Like, she needs Ralph's book of life to give basic advice, but she just learned medicine from Caitlyn, even though she couldn't do it, like, three episodes ago. Ah... So whatever. Um, outside of that, I don't. I, don't know, I just wasn't like that excited by the episode. Like there wasn't like things that were specifically bad about it. It was just kind of like not as uh, epic of a journey. Um, maybe like being trapped in Grodd's mine thanks to just like accidental mistake or whatever uh, was kind of. It's like super. It was like super simple, but then also like, why did it take all episode to get out? I don't know. I just feel like it was like a really simple problem that probably could have been more easily fixed if it wasn't like this is what the episode is about. Also, you know, no offense to Kristen Kim, but she did write the episode apparently. <laughs> so, and also the other dude, not the the, the track record has not been stellar. So. This is just another one of those that's like probably one of, probably one of the better episodes yeah. from her because I was not offended by it, but <laughs> 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 but still like mm, okay okay thanks. Um, I think I I've mentioned this in previous episodes, but the crisis their the, their take on crisis and like who remembers what and stuff makes no sense, and I can no longer remember if there's something actually happened in this episode for that, but. Like just the fact that Cisco is on. We were talking about in the chat. May know why this was brought up, but the fact that Cisco is on a tour of like what changed. Oh right, because Barry doesn't know where his fucking parents' graves are. Why? Why wouldn't he know that? Like yes, he could have been transplanted from you know the pre-crisis timeline into the post-crisis, and therefore he does not know. But everyone else in his life was in the post-crisis timeline. There's no reason why Barry should not know where his parents' graves are, because everyone else should remember the post-crisis timeline. John giving people their memories back should not give them amnesia of the life that they have led. Otherwise, the world would be a very confusing place. So I don't understand why The Flash decided to do this, aside from... I guess it's silly. like
2: if you if you like get locked out of your iPhone, you have to like reset to factory settings if you didn't save your last update in the cloud, then you just don't have that extra stuff,
0: apparently um, so that was silly, also silly um that I don't know, I feel like it was strange that there was like no interaction or mention um between Barry and Iris like us. Like, it's just kind of, like, a holding pattern until she gets out or whatever, or he figures out that it's not her, so that we don't have to go very far in that awkward place. So,
2: yeah, that's all. Now I'm done. I do have to say, I have to put this in, because I forgot to mention my likes, but um, at one point, Chester, I think when Barry gets out of the Mindscape, and Chester's, like, relieved, and he says, thank Rao. Thanks, Rao. Oh, yeah, It was a great I love little that. piece of interconnectedness. I was like, did he just say that? Yeah, so that was cool. Um. I wasn't really so much, I mean, I'm sure having a Barry and Iris scene would have made the episode more enjoyable overall, but I wasn't kind of upset that we didn't get one this episode, just because we just had two really heavy ones, and if we did get it, it would just be the same kind of scene that we had last week of Barry, like, making confused faces, that's why, like, Iris doesn't want to touch him, so it's fine, Um I feel like this, you know, you know, I thought it was going to be last week, but it happened to be this week. You know, all all the episodes can't be winners. And although this wasn't as boring as I thought it was going to be, or as it could have been, um, I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as the previous episodes. It, I thought it was quite a weird way to throw Grod into the mix at this point, since, like you said, it ended up having, like, less than nothing to do with Black Hole, really. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a, a weird departure or like side turn or whatever. Um yeah. So yeah, that was that was on that. Um it wound up being, you know, the whole Grodd fight was was fine, but just kind of the way that it came the story came into play was kind of weird. Um and random. Like, you know, Grodd is all the way at Argus and Barry's like tinkering with a with a toy and then somehow like Chester's one thing brings Grod like how was Grod even like I don't know. I don't know. I just find it weird. Like how did Grod know that Barry's brain is open for business at this moment? <laughs> so that was kind of like confusing. Um but yeah. And while on the whole like Frost thing, while I do continue to like Frost playing cheerleader to random people each week. Um just because like I said before, I like seeing her being in the supportive role to other people. I continue to be annoyed that there is no delineation between what are quote unquote frost things and what are quote unquote Caitlin things like frost did this whole scene of like running the computers and spilling out medical knowledge about like various brainwaves of garage and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, this should be like a Caitlin exposition thing and not like a frost exposition thing. Um, like medical knowledge and sciencey jibber jabber should be like Caitlin stuff. Um, and I maintain that Frost is not an intellectual, and that's okay that she's not. Like she doesn't have to be an intellectual. But like the show pretending that she can do the same things that Caitlyn does is annoying. Um, what is the point? And of, rude like, to Caitlyn. And rude to Caitlyn. Like, what is the point of like keeping her out, keeping Frost in the in the primary? If you won't explore who she actually is, she, she's just doing the same thing that Caitlyn does. Then why do we need Caitlyn? Or why do we need Frost? You know. Like, why have Danielle like up earlier in the morning to put on, like, a wig and death makeup to play something that she could have just played as Caitlyn? Um, so, like, it doesn't really make sense who Frost is. I still don't know who Frost is as a person. Um And I guess, like, you know, she hasn't lived her life, but yet she's giving out life ad- advice. So it's, like, I guess people that can't just give advice, you know, because she's not allowed to live <laughs> her own life. <laughs> like, those who can't do teach, those who can't live, just give advice on how to live, I guess. Um, yeah, like where is she getting this wealth of life knowledge? I doubt it's all from the Book of Ralph. Um, even though they keep having her rescue, but reference the Book of Ralph, we never even see her with her BFF anymore since she almost killed him back in episode 7 when she couldn't, you know, when she had that like freeze up. So, I don't know. Like, if part of me feels like, you know, why couldn't she Go with Ralph last episode to search for Sue. Like instead of having Cecile bring up the whole Holmes and Watson kind of thing, like why couldn't Frost do that storyline with Ralph, or now that Ralph is off searching for Sue, why can't Frost go with him there and search for Sue and see like what that dynamic is of um, her and Ralph together doing something in that kind of storyline. So I feel like why is she the resident like babysitter? of Star Labs um, not doing anything when the whole point of her being out is that she could get to do stuff so I don't know it's I don't don't, yeah I don't like again I don't know if it is just the bad timing of the storyline versus Danielle's real life situation or not but Frost is definitely getting the short end of the stick I think character development wise
1: I don't even know if it's like Danielle being pregnant in real life because I feel like they could still have her go to a bar or sit at jitters and like randomly talk to people and experience things like it doesn't have to be out in the field or anything like that, you know, so I don't know. It's weird, Um, but I completely agree. They don't they don't have there's no distinction between them and it's really bizarre knowing that they spent several episodes in the first half of the season trying to make her out to be someone who doesn't know anything about life at all and then here she is doing everything at once (laughs) and also nash is not holding down the four star labs he is off doing his own thing so he's a liar (laughs) 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 that's true but i think for me like other than this episode being sort of on the duller side it there was a lot of like exposition in general It was way too much exposition. Like you'd have all the people in star labs, you know, around Barry wondering what the hell is happening. And then Frost would say something. And then Barry would say something. And then while he was stuck in God's brain, it would be the exact same thing said three times. And it's like, I get it. I'm not dumb. I know what's happening in Barry's brain. And I don't need you to spit out all of these words at me as well. <laughs> so it was just like, Back to that exposition heavy stuff, and I that I did not like. Um, so it was like overkill in this episode. Um, and just in general, I don't, I'm not sure I understand why we had to have Grodd like right in the middle of this big storyline going on. Like, I feel that if they were gonna bring him on in the midst of like Barry feeling you know, weird about whatever happening post-crisis and not having him link back to, or like even mentioning anything about like feeling a little bit off with Iris, I guess, you know, as part of the reason why he's also feeling like this post-crisis world is not what he thought it was going to be or whatever the reason, um, then just throw the whole episode away. (laughs) Like I don't feel like Barry learned much other than yes, again, Maybe some people deserve second chances and whatnot. But, like, him as a person, his, like, storyline didn't really move forward either. It was just kind of, like, he was stuck, he had to help a villain, and that was that on that, you know? So it felt like they were just stalling until he got his big episode next week or the week after uh, with the Speed Force stuff. But, yeah, it just felt like a lull in the storyline when it was, like well paced before and then it just kind of abruptly stopped at least in like the grog area everything else was fine <laughs> um, so yeah feedback who sent in their lovely words to us
2: we everybody have, have, yeah, <laughs> we have plenty of
0: uh, feedback for the flash um, Anita I don't know about you but if this good episode streak continues I might start having faith in the show again while not everything was possible and there were a lot of imperfections, I thought Grodd friended me was pretty fun. Has Grodd really turned around? I mean, I know he reached out to Barry for help, and redemption is a major theme on this show, but I'm not sold. Something else is bound
2: to go wrong in Gorilla City, which will pull in the Flash, and I see him as an anti-hero. I feel animus. like it has to. I agree. Like, I agree. I feel like there has to be, like, that has to be some kind of reason that we saw Grodd now, because Gorilla City is coming back later. Yeah. I am here with that.
0: Or I'm here for that. Whatever. Uh, we knew that Eva, the evil doctor, was up to something. But for the life of me, I can't figure out what she is or what she wants with Iris. Is she really a trapped person or some form of energy that replicates whoever gets too close to the mirror? There's a specific person, uh, there's a specific reason related to Black Hole that she or it was stalking Iris and then grabbed her when it got the chance. But is the fake Iris the other half of Eva? That was a tense ending and I can't wait for Barry to straighten her out for abducting his wife. Let's talk about that for a second. Both leads were in grave peril in this episode. The idea that Barry was trapped and no one thought to call Iris or Joe, not even Camilla, who is was Iris' friend, could fire off a text. We filled out the emergency contact paperwork in season three with untouchable people. Remember, you call <laughs> me, all right? <laughs> That's true. That's very true. Uh, Hartley Rathaway. I didn't mention Hartley! Why do I suck? I even previously read this feedback. It was like, I had to mention Hartley and then I forgot. I was so excited to see Hartley. I love Andy Mantis. <laughs> love singing as a dual thief. Okay, cool. Um, I guess we'll be seeing old season one favorites make their comebacks, huh? Yes, this is what I'm talking about. I like when the Flash, like, pays homage to its past, in whichever way. So it was very fun to see him. I said months ago that Chester would replace Cisco and now here we are, getting invested in a transient member of Team Flash. Chester will probably have a whole story arc with a love interest and be the one who sacrificed himself to save Central City! Like HR and Nora! No! Say that? No, don't do that. <laughs> so upset iris and ralph's office building is on mole street what can it mean since moles and betrayers are a running circumstance on this Ooh. show maybe that is what it means <laughs> i'm glad allegra went off on nash his hovering was getting stalkerish and weird and i almost wanted her to toast him it's even weirder now that we know that she that she isn't even, even his daughter on the other earth she's just like some person that he i guess thought of as a daughter it's like super weird now <laughs> yes <laughs> i'm depending on barry and joe to figure out that this is not their iris and to get her out of that mirror dimension soon and set things straight this is all the more reason why iris should have woman friends all along because we can sense everything from who's pregnant to whose hair grew some inches <laughs> all right then we've got jacqueline the episode wasn't terrible but it wasn't good either <laughs> the reason is probably because i can't stand grod and grod centric episodes of lost with caitlin which i can't deal with mm the only good parts of the episode were iris and eva's storyline in the Mirrorverse, and when barry apologized to chester for being a dick right candace really nailed it as usual uh when she yelled at joe i was like damn joe's gonna whoop her ass and can she yell at me too (laughs) (laughs) um i knew eva wasn't shit um it seems like mirror iris is a reflection of iris created by eva that is controlled and connected to her what do you guys think perhaps we will talk about that in our predictions perhaps for once we will have predictions at first, I thought Eva was using Mirror Iris to help Carter, but after Mirror Iris stole the information, um, I think that Eva is using Mirror Iris to fuck him and to fuck up, to fuck him up instead. <laughs> what? Not to fuck him. That's weird. To fuck him up. Yes. Um, and yes, I agree with that. Um, if she was trying to help him, she would have erased those files. That's what makes the most sense to me. I'm really enjoying the Eva and Iris storyline because it's so intriguing. Um, one of my mutuals on Twitter made an interesting comment about the parallels between Barry and Iris. Yep. Barry's been manipulated by Mirror Iris, who's and Iris has been manipulated by Eva. Um, I'm a sucker for parallels, but I need Iris to use her reporter skills and be suspicious of Eva's shady ass. I really enjoyed Chester's journey in this episode. His scene with Barry at the end was so good. I hope it's the start of a friendship for them. Um, and the scene of Caitlin and Chester talking about race really bothered me because um, they made Chester talk about it with Caitlyn when Joe, or, or Mirror Iris, <laughs> Cecile, Cisco, and Camilla are all there. It makes no sense cuz she can't relate especially after the way that she treated Jax and well, tried to kill... that
2: with Caitlyn. So, maybe Red. like maybe <laughs> maybe. Frost is more. <laughs> ah,
0: ah. But Frost <laughs> did try to kill uh, Iris and Cecile, so there's that. Um I was offended. <laughs> I'm not going to say the writer's name, but she's tone deaf. Well, hmm. You yeah. <laughs> already said it. <laughs> yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um They always make Iris coddle white women in her episodes, and she did with this one (laughs) with Eva. End of rant. (laughs) Um, Now, she's got predictions. Wally's going to notice something's off with Iris. Speed Force is going to help Barry figure it out. Uh, Last but not least, I'm so excited about Wally's return. Our son is coming back to us, and I can't wait. However, he's probably not going to talk with real Iris, which makes me sad. Aw. I feel that. Alright. Suara had some Flash feels. Flash was overall great. I love Chester. I find him very endearing. Camilla was there. It still sucks how Cisco Cisco slash Carlos is absent. I have no idea what's going on, but I don't like it. Barry and Grodd's new alliance was fun and even moving. Uh, The best part is always with Iris, both in mirror and real form. Canvas is getting such juicy material to work with, and I'm so happy. I knew Eva was hiding something. The actress played it so well. My theory is that she's trapped in the mirror world, but... Um, is using Iris to send Mirror Iris out in the world as a henchwoman and complete her nefarious plans. Rooting for a Mirror Iris redemption arc. (laughs) Suara loves his redemption arcs. Um, And then finally Celeste. I think that's the last one. She just said, I figured Eva was playing Iris, but my main question is, is Iris just a duplicate of Eva? Oh, sorry. Is Mirror Iris just a duplicate of Iris, which Eva has control over and access to memories of? I'm confused because they seem connected, but Mirror Iris has Iris's memories, so I have questions, and I have questions too. Lastly, one twenty-one and the end of three fourteen were the only good Grodd episodes. Please stop bringing this gorilla back. <laughs> All right, so do we have predictions? Do
2: we do we have theories on what is going on with Mirror Iris? Well, I do think that she is like uh, a duplicate of our, of our iris that Eva is able to project out into the world and manipulate or work with. Um, and I think it only works if if the person is inside the mirror. Um, and so last time that we saw Eva and she was like freaking out, like, I'm tired of everybody telling me it's going to be okay. I'm like, who is everyone, girl? You're like by yourself. So like maybe <laughs> instead of her being crazy in that moment, that was kind of like a little Freudian slip that there actually have been other people that have fallen through this mirror world and their doppelganger mirror gangers, mirror gangers, <laughs> I guess is what you call them, <laughs> did not were not as successful as Iris's mirror version is. Like this is the most advantageously placed victim that Eva's had probably ever, um, because Iris is connected, so well connected to a lot of things that Eva needs. Um, and I think Eva knows that, and that's why she's been playing, you know, weak victim for a while now until we saw her and Mirror Iris actually had that conversation. I think that it's not going to be long. Like, I know people are, like, wondering if, you know, Iris will be in the Mirror to, like, episode 20 or whatever. I don't think it'll be that long because they dropped the bombshell in this episode um, that we know Eva's evil or Eva and Mirror Iris have a plan. I think that that plan is still to get Eva out of the mirror um, and so it'll be interesting to me on whether Eva still pretends to be Iris's like ally and also brings her out of the mirror because she doesn't need her anymore or if she will keep Mirror Iris and leave Iris in the mirror. Which I don't know, like, because I think this, you know, she got into it during the power explosion, so I'm not sure if it works so that she has to be in the mirror with the person for her to be able to project out into the mirror world, or if she can keep someone in a mirror and still, like, manipulate things from the outside. So that's, that's something that I'm still not sure of how that works with her. But definitely... I think, in the next episode. I don't know if it'll be because Wally can pick up on something that Barry can't, that Iris isn't the same person, but I also feel like Mira Iris has definitely, like, reached her limit of being fake, <laughs> because, like, her blow-up at Joe was yep. really, really you know, out of character, even for her, mm-hmm. and then, like, in the preview photos for next week, we see her, like, pouring, like, wine at, like, Wally's, like, um, coming home party, and it's just like, a, a tall-ass glass of wine. Like, she is so fed up with having to be fake around all these people. <laughs> so, I think her acting skills will, more than anything, she'll give herself away more than it would be, like, Wally picking up on something's not right, you know? I think everyone, by that point, will pick up on something is not right, so. Yeah, yeah. and the Speed Force will finally yeah,
1: offer some answers. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely agree about the Ava thing. Like, I think that she when she pulled Iris into the mirror because she like must have grabbed, you know, her DNA or whatever, like and created that duplicate. So she's not so much as controlling it so much as she's like projecting it. And then it whatever happens is affecting the duplicate as well, because. It was cre- it created created by if, Ava. Like her,
2: that, 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 again, like she because she tried to like put her arms out and got burned, and I wonder if that's because like Mirror Iris is also still on the outside, and so she can't also like get out even though she clearly can whenever she wants to.
1: Yeah, because they're like connected or whatever. So I don't know. yeah, they might cancel each other out. Get her- <laughs>
0: Any other predictions? <laughs> Um, no, I mean, I, I, I basically agree with y'all on it, you know, I think, I, I definitely think that Mirror Iris is doing Eva's bidding to, like, get back at her husband, right? Like, I yeah. think she's, her husband is probably the reason why she's trapped in the mirror in the first place. Um, like, maybe he, like, stole her technology or whatever, like, and he's using it for no purposes. And then, like, when she was talking about, like, watching her husband move on or whatever, it's probably more like watching my husband be a piece of shit who <laughs> right? did this to me in the first place. Um, and also Mira Iris is like super mad about black hole. Like she really really hates
1: black hole so much. So <laughs> I think Ava will probably maybe, maybe mm-hmm. she'll let Iris out if she realizes
0: they have the same goal. That they have the
1: same goal, yeah.
0: Yeah. I think I think I mean I think it's possible because I think that Ava is probably less like evil and more like like Suarez saying a redemption plot line for because, like, Mirror Iris right now, like, it's not like she's trying to hurt, you know, any character on the show. No, she's literally yeah. just trying to get, you she's know, being shady what, like, to get back in Black Hole. Evil neutral? <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. 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 Chaotic neutral, I don't, I don't
2: know. know. But. <laughs> <laughs> she is pretty chaotic.
0: So, so, yeah. So, so I think they can end up working together.
1: All right. Moving over into Legends of Tomorrow with Sarah Stillway. From the Wave Rider, the legends find a new encore with Ava's new invention, the Prognosticator, and must now try to defeat Genghis Khan in 1990s Hong Kong. Constantine's life is hanging in the balance, and Ray, Nora, and Gary all try to help him, but Constantine tries to make a deal with Astra instead. Meanwhile, Behrad has been confused about Charlie's recent behavior, but they all learn why Charlie is trying to outrun her past, and from what. Dun, dun, dun. What sparked joy?
2: This is probably the most Charlie that we've gotten in a while. <laughs> and I, I like the, uh, the background on Charlie, like finally getting to know, um, the history and like the story about it being a fate, um, and the whole luma fate and how it's connected. Um, it feels like parts of that are finally starting to make sense. And it feels like it's gelling the entire storyline. Um, together even from charlie's first appearance last season um so that was great bihrad and charlie was like really really surprising like what <laughs> what is going on here but um it it worked and i i mean i guess i should have been more specific when i was asking for um a charlie pairing with a Zari. but instead of instead of zari I, oh i did get a little i got like a Zarly crumb of when Zari first meets Charlie, and she's like, "Wait, you're a shapeshifter?" And there's like a little bit of like flirty banter right there. But Big Rod was like, "No, stop it." <laughs> um, but like uh, their relationship, Big Rod and Charlie's relationship was was an interesting um, dynamic. And of course, um, Charlie keeping pushing Big Rod away and pushing the legends away and pushing everyone away because the Thing that she was running from is coming back up again. Um, so it's it's really it, it feels like it feels like she is actually part of the story now. So that's great. Um, I liked the villain of the week. I thought the Genghis Khan thing um, worked really well. I think it was good for Katie's directorial debut um, with all of the martial arts style shootouts, they kept referencing John Woo's um, style, like, fight choreography and everything. Um, The Chinese Angels, the Chinese Charlie's Angels, (laughs) the police officers at the bar, um, I thought that, I liked that, and um, then two of them died, which is sad, but then, like, Ava joined the last, like, Chinese Angel, and they had the the little shootout, and then later, she died, so that was sad again, but... (laughs) But I like the concept of it, of having them in, like, the episode. Zari continues to be, like, my most, f- the most interesting and favorite part of the episodes. Just, like, her reactions to everything. I like that she was trying to be useful by doing research on, um, why Genghis Khan might be here in, like, 1970s Hong Kong. And how it had to do with, like, Prince Charles, um, giving, severing the relationship to the crown, um, so that was all great. And, of course, like, Charlie finally decided to come back to the Legends and to stop running and to accept help of everybody, um, including Behrod, was, was an enjoyable resolution to the episode. Um, and then, like, John's, like, what do you call it? Wake. <laughs> he was still awake. He didn't die immediately. So that was good. But... um Gary and Ray staying with him until the end, and um, you know, being with him in those final moments, and him finally kind of getting to Asher and getting her to believe him that, you know, I could, I can fix this, I can have it so that your mom is alive and you never go to hell um, is also, you know, a good story. So it feels like both sides of the story with Charlie's background and the Loom of Fate, and we had an Anon actually predict correctly that the reason that it was all coming back up again is because of Crisis and Earth Prime, because she scattered the Loom pieces across the multiverse, but now that there is a multiverse, all those pieces are in the same universe, which makes it a lot easier for her sister to find her. So, um that, the nice tie-in from Crisis, Charlie's background makes sense, John Finally, see something that you know where he he gets a do over from dying. Uh, that makes sense. Um, Ray deciding to propose to Nora. Oh my god! So at least they're gonna like yes. leave the show on a happy note. So all of that, they be better. Really <laughs> I think we saw like the previews for the next episode has their wedding. So hopefully yeah, that, but that is doesn't, exactly mean, doesn't happen. That is true. That is true. I am very afraid. <laughs> Overall I think it was a pretty enjoyable episode. I too thought it was a pretty enjoyable episode.
0: Um I I'm sure that many of my likes are the same. Basically, I uh I, I liked the um I thought Katie's directing came through most vividly in the fight scenes. I made good use of her background in martial arts and dance, so good dad, Katie. Um I also, I retroactively realized that was why she wasn't in the previous episode either. So I was like, oh, that's right, directing! I love John leaving Gary his house and then regretting it. Also kissing him, great success. Um, And also I love the way that it incorporated Charlie. Like you said, the most Charlie we've had so far. I like that she's close over the fates, that's awesome. Um, And how they incorporated Crisis, too. Like, oh, because of Crisis, it's all on this earth somewhere, and now we can gather the pieces, and we can use it to... Fix the Astro storyline. Woo! Um, Even though Charlie and Behrad came out of literally nowhere, uh, I thought that they did a decent job with it in this episode. Um, And I was like, "Oh, okay. You know what? I'm easy. I'm easy. I'll go with this. (laughs) This. uh, I definitely like it better than some other ships that have come out of nowhere in recent memory. So, um, yeah. When she came back to like save him from Genghis Khan, excellent. Love that. Um, Ray one proposed Nora. I'm already crying. Just think about it. They better not do anything to them. Let them be happy. Let them leave successfully. Um, I loved the scene where Ava was, like, shooting. I don't know. She looked really badass. So I was like, oh, dang. Ava's really good with the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole, I mean, that whole fight scene was just great. Uh, also loved Marie Antoinette's continued existence. And yeah. Mediocre is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Marie Antoinette. Um it was really nice to see Zari part of the team again and how she was like actually enjoying her time on the Waverider. Like we actually see that she's like, I guess like, she almost forgot. She's almost forgotten like the reason she got, got on there in the first place. Yeah. So now she's just like, oh, I'm part of this team. Um, so it wasn't like, it's funny. Cause like, it wasn't like a filler episode in that getting Charlie's backstory is super relevant to the rest of the season. Yes. Or, like that's where it's going to go. So like, that's great. Um, But like the whole Genghis Khan part was just like, let's just have some fun with Genghis Khan on the
2: scooters.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yes, on the scooters. Um, so yeah, it was just a good time, just a good time, had by all.
1: That whole plot was so random. It's like Genghis Khan's in nineteen ninety
0: eight. Okay, seven hundred years to climb out of his grave. Why not?
1: Sure. Uh, but but yeah otherwise it it was really fun I think that like I love Greek mythology so I'm super stoked that they actually made Charlie one of the three fates very excited about that Uh, it makes her very central to the story it explains everything about her and that we're probably going to meet her sisters in the future which is very exciting yes
2: Um, which I now realize is the real reason why that one person was coming on for Charlie's story oh yes Yes, yes, yes. Ah,
1: yes. Love that. Um, and, yeah, I think that, like, this whole episode sort of complemented each other because you had Charlie's background finally, you know, coming to light. And the
2: then the Brits got, like, a, a, a good story.
1: <laughs> I know. And the third Brit, Prince Charles, who's had to suffer sitting with, me, with Mick.
2: <laughs> well, he deserves it. Uh, during how he's in the present, Yeah, that's very true. That's very,
1: very true. you. <laughs> but yeah, like, I like that Charlie's story is tying in with Constantine's story, so all of that's coming full circle and it's finally becoming clearer. And, you know, for those Anons who thought that we were just, you know, shitting on Legends the first couple of episodes, the plot is finally making itself known. So, yay. <laughs> um, I really loved Constantine's, like, a whole arc in the sense that he had to try to figure out how to set things right, not only for his own life, but for someone else's, which is Astra and her mom. Um, so that's great for him and for everybody else involved. And the fact that like, I honestly, you know, I knew that he wasn't going to die, die, but it was still very suspenseful and it was a nice kind of guy bonding time. Cause it's been like a little while since we've had some of that on legends. And I really like that you know, Ray finally got to talk about his feelings and it had to do with Nora. So that was really sweet. And Gary, like for a moment, he's like, yeah, I'm going to leave Gary in my house. I was like, oh, that makes sense. But then afterwards, I was like, of course it doesn't, you know, of course he's not going to do that. So that's that. <laughs> um, Zar, the Zarly moment, I agree, Jessica. That was very, uh, I reblogged a, like a Sorry. gift set. I was like, this is very um... pleasing to, to mine eye. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a hint of that but you know i am also not opposed to like behrad and charlie like i also think it came out of nowhere but they had good chemistry and you know he wasn't like he was tr- he was just like hurt he was trying to understand yeah, he why. wasn't he nate, running like, away nate and a yeah.
2: breakup is like the worst right <laughs> which right.
1: is really funny that nate was yeah. the one yeah. giving him advice <laughs> he was just on, like sad again. he was just mopey. yeah yeah, and it was it was kind of sweet. I'm just like, "Oh, it's just I mean, he was just going to let her walk away if she had to do it, but I'm glad that she came back and like fully explained why she was running." Uh so it feels more like she's uh like a concrete member of the team, which is fantastic for me. <laughs> uh what did not spark joy?
2: Mm I don't know there's anything like serious that didn't spark joy. Like, again, like, you know, I would prefer Zari and Charlie, but Behrad and Charlie is not a bad choice. Um, but, like, I think one Anon asked, like, why is it that all of Maisie's on screen relationships now are with men? <laughs> and I feel like, in, of course, now that Behrad and Charlie had a thing, I. I mean, weirder things happen in TV where, like Grey's Anatomy, where everyone is everyone else's ex, but I don't think that they would do Zari and Charlie after Bayron and Charlie, so... I have to be content with that. Except defeat. (laughs) At least they're not also doing Nate and Zari at the same time, I guess, though. Small victories. Um, Yeah, Mick... Mick is still not over Allie, or at least that's the excuse that they're giving to not give Mick another storyline. Um and he had his one little thirty second scene with Prince Charles and Dominic collected his check. Um but I mean like if he's if, if Allie is gonna be his storyline, I'd like to at least like, you know, see her or see Mick attempt to try to date her <laughs> or something. Um mm-hmm.
1: Invite her on his on his beer break? I don't know.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, it's not... Uh, at least she's a real person and not, like, someone he created from the from the book. <laughs> um, and I don't... I'm not, like, begging to see it. But I'm just saying, you know, she's not doing anything else. So it would help explain why they still have him on the ship.
0: While I accept Charlie and Derrod, I feel like they could have done something to build up to it even in the episodes that Charlie wasn't there we could have had like hints that Behad was upset that Charlie wasn't yeah. there could have mentioned her like I feel like they literally woke up the day
2: they started writing this episode and they were like I know Charlie is yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the same way that they wrote Zari yeah. and Nate like I know one day let's let's have her be in love with him yeah I <laughs> yeah. was so
1: surprised I was distracted I had to pause I was like I don't understand how this <laughs> <Yeah>. happened <laughs>
0: so it was like very because like he wasn't like she's been gone this whole time and And apparently exactly they hooked up right before she disappeared right like that's why he was upset about it so i don't know it was i feel like they definitely did not know that it was a thing beforehand um so whatever that's fine i guess um i agree
2: about mick like and it's because like also like uh, because this is the first time that charlie was gonna be in the same space as ari and so like you know what we're gonna put a robot in here just in case <laughs> just in case <laughs> like first you know
1: charlie was yes <laughs>
2: me specifically <laughs>
0: yeah <laughs> um so yeah i didn't like that i did forget to say that i i really liked the scene with constantine and and astro where he you know was like trying to like he was dead but he was like trying to get come back right <laughs> and then she did send him back i like that a lot okay um Dislikes. Aside from that, I, I, I guess I just feel like like there's nothing really actively to dislike about the episode. It just wasn't the previous episodes, you know. I guess it's a little, it's a little bit like the Flash, and like it wasn't it wasn't like as meh as Grodd was, but I don't know Genghis Khan and the scooter. I'm like a joyless monster, so the scooters, I was like, I don't get it.
2: Yeah, like why go from a motorcycle <laughs> like the modern horsepower to a scooter? <laughs> Like, was why funny, did Genghis Khan look at <laughs> but... that Nate scooter and be like, yes, this is much better than what I had originally. Yes! It was so... Modern <laughs> day warfare. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess... That why did no just... one in his group tell him, look, Genghis Khan, this is not as cool as you think? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is stupid.
0: So, um, that happened. <laughs> um... Yeah, I, I guess I just, like, feel like, you know, Genghis Khan is no Marie Antoinette. I don't know what it is, but I was like,
2: yeah.
0: it's not hidden. It's not hidden the same way. So, <laughs> that's all. I mean, otherwise, it was it was fun. It was fun. But, I, I mean, I, I agree. Like, it would have been nice to have a little bit more of Mick and Allie. Like, if you miss Allie so much, Mick, why don't you just go back and be with her? We definitely don't need you here. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, and the other thing, too, is that, like, this is the episode where Ray is like, I have decided I want to propose to Nora. Even though the last episode was the first time we said I love you. Now, I want to propose to Nora. And then next week is the wedding? Mm-hmm. All right. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled that they've been married. They better get a happy ending and get to right out in the fucking sunset you touch (laughs) a hair on their heads i will kill you but (laughs) but i um i feel like they could have uh seeded that a little bit more throughout the season that would have been nice i would have accepted that
1: um so yeah there you go that's on that i agree with all of that i think in terms of like the ray thing i definitely agree because what bugs me especially is that a Brandon and and, um, Courtney leaving was clearly not their idea. And then the writers are sitting here giving like, oh, well, their story is wrapping up. Like there's no real reason for them to be on the show anymore. But hello, you've got Mick. So that makes sense. And if you did want to write them off, wouldn't you spend the last five, six episodes trying to give them more of a story rather than like leaving them, leaving their relationship to build up off screen like they're finally together we don't get any of that they finally say i love you and then like like you said they're getting married next week that makes no sense to me <laughs> there's no build-up which this show seems to have when, with its romantic relationships they just seem to happen um but i would have liked to have seen them go through these relationship things because we finally got them together after all the stuff had happened to them. And now they're leaving and we get like little of that. Ray has, I mean, he's been on the missions and stuff, but like he hasn't gotten anything substantial in terms of storyline. Um Nora has been off doing her fairy godmother thing around the world and off screen. Like the, the I think the most screen time um, she Courtney has even had outside of like that is playing Marie Antoinette who is a completely different character so it just makes no sense to me that you would write off two pretty good characters on your show and not give them their due beforehand you know so that's just really bugs me um, but otherwise yes I agree Genghis Khan is not Marie Antoinette and I feel like they just this the storyline made little sense but it's fine because it was fun <laughs> do we have feedback? We do have feedback
0: from our ever-reliable Suara. And Suara says, Legends was overall good. I love Charlie being revealed as a fake. Was it something the writers made up at the last minute? Most definitely. <laughs> but in this case, it worked out. I'm so glad that she's going to be a main focus this season. So I suppose we'll see how it pans out. I'm not sure how I feel about Behran and Charlie, potentially as a couple. On the one hand, I love an interracial couple between two non-white people. On the other, it makes me sad, mad that we don't get the Zarly. Thank you. Yep, because Zarly has to be straight. However, I did enjoy their chemistry, and Maisie and Cheyenne (laughs) seem to be having a great time. The use of the Hong Kong setting was fun, and the image of Genghis Khan and his army of scooters was so relatable to the unregulated
2: scooter menace
0: we have in D.C., Okay, I guess that's the reason for it. <laughs> Sora has explained it. More it's public
2: feel like a Katie touch. Like I feel like she'd be like scooters. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> More public transportation, but don't leave them on the sidewalks, please. <laughs> Thank you for that insight, Sora. <laughs> Do we have any predictions?
2: No. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm glad you remain true to form. <laughs> Beautiful. Moving into our final show, Black Lightning, which has apparently their summaries suck. As the battle continues, old alliances are revisited and new alliances are forged. How vague of you, Synopsis Writer. Very
2: inspiring. (laughs) I definitely want to watch this episode based off of that.
1: But basically, the Pierce family returns to Freeland. Um, They finally have family dinner and they communicate with each other. And other things happen, like Lady Eve being a boss-ass bitch. Amazing! She's wonderful! Love her! Love that for me, personally. And uh, we learn more about Gravedigger's backstory. So, what sparked joy?
0: Well, um, thank God the Pierces are back on track. They're actually operating as a unit for once. For, like, it feels like the first time all season. I finally feel the Pierce family bond, and I am loving it. Um... And also, thank God that the Markovians finally make sense, given the backstory we got on Gravedigger. Like, I feel like we could have just made it Gravedigger's operation from the start, but that's okay. Um, I loved how they connected um, Lady Eve to uh, Tyson Sykes. That's right; that's his name. By having her um, <clears throat> like give Gambi the peace offering of the of that freaking briefcase that we've been waiting seasons exactly to understand what is the briefcase and now we finally know what the briefcase is it's like the human genome project for many humans and we got you know the download on um, Gravedigger which was great I also um, love how um, yeah like the Markovians finally like feel like a real threat now and it's only because of him like they were useless on their own and then he comes in and he's like, "Listen, random leader of Markovia, your time is I'm done now. Captain now. Exactly, I'm the <laughs> captain now." <laughs> and the other guy was like, "Great, <laughs> I've always wanted you as our leader. How awesome!" So, <laughs> so yeah, I like that. Um, also, when Lady Eve was like, "Yeah," and then you know, like, "Oh, please, I try to kill you," but then you know, I was killed and then I got better. So, like, let's not worry about it. Bygones be bygones. That was great. Um, also, I don't know, I'm. I, I'm just like ship everyone but I was like oh should Gambi and Lady Eve hook up <laughs> I did I thought
1: that for a moment then I was like shut up Tatiana turn it off Ta- <laughs> Tatiana is the example of that one like picture of like a writer Br- writer Berlanti ship it's like oh, is, yes. this yes. or- oh track. Track. is this
0: a ship <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. oh god uh- Speaking of ships, I did love Anissa trying to talk to Je- Jennifer about Khalil, and then Jennifer being like, "Listen, your girlfriend runs around like a leopard or whatever she is for half the time," and then and then Anissa's like, "Yeah, but she would never eat me as a leopard. She likes me." <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um. So yeah. Um. Oh right, and then the little family scene where they were all like talking about like the shit they've done this season, and then Jennifer or Jennifer. Jefferson was like, well, my shit was, you know, uh, stopping crisis and bringing you all back to life. So I guess <laughs> okay. I win this game. <laughs> uh, that was excellent. I love that. Um, and they're like, Dad, shut up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm glad that, that things are back on track and that I feel like I know, you know, where the season's going in terms of the big bad and I am excited for it. So, yay.
2: Yeah, I think I enjoyed this episode more than previous episodes. Um, just because there was so much tension and like war heavy stuff in the previous ones. And this one is kind of like a a reprieve from all of that. And we get back um, villains like Lady Eve and Lala come back into the picture. And so it's, you know, something new and, and fresh from what we have been doing. Um, the fact that the Pierce family is finally back together and back on the same page such a relief. And I, I i like that Lynn at least is trying to, you know, she found, like, her her last first sash and then instead of, because I, I was worried about it, like, when she snapped at Anissa and then this left, and then she found the drugs. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. But then she brought it up to the table, um, and they destroyed it. Well, Jennifer destroyed it, and they did it together. So that is good. Um, I don't know. I think they, like, addressed it and said, like, we'll be here for you, but... Well, okay. mm, mm, Stop it. Like,
0: dislikes! (laughs)
2: Um, Speaking of Lady Eve, loved having her back. I like that how she turned the tables on Lala, because Lala was like, bitch, I run this, and she was like, actually, no, you don't, because, you know, how do you think Tobias (laughs) learned how to do that to you? I taught him, so you're going to sit your ass down, and I'm gonna tell you what's really gonna happen right now. So I, I, I like that scene between um, the two of them. I really don't know like why Lala. Okay, never mind. Anyways, <laughs> and I like that <laughs> she actually has the briefcase. Like someone competent has the briefcase now, and she was able to deliver it to Gambi and kind of a peace offering. Because I'm sure now that she, how does she know that she died before? Because I feel like did crisis bring her back not or question
0: did? it? Let's not. Okay.
2: Anyway. <laughs> but anyway, now that she knows that Gambi knows that she tried to kill him, it was a very smart move on her part to offer the briefcase as a peace offering. Like you do you, and I will do me, and you know, we'll just go our separate ways. So I thought that was um, great, and it also gave us the briefcase, which thanks to TC. Now we know it's in the briefcase. And getting Gravedigger's backstory and the fact that he is the leader of the Markovian resistance now just kind of like makes it make so much more sense. Like, first, it just seemed like evil, right, white people, like Russians trying to like enslave a city. Which, how does the United States not know that we're under attack? (laughs) It's only one specific city. But anyway, um, getting his uh, backstory and him being the the leader of Markovia kind of brings it back into a place where I could see somehow Brandon being more of a bigger deal in the Markovian storyline than he has been recently. And then also you have like Jace um, teasing that his Brandon's father was a meta um, and we know his mom is dead. I still think Brandon is ridiculous just in general, but the yes. fact that <laughs> his his mom is gone, but there's still the mystery of his dad now, who also had meta powers. I think that's a good mystery that could lead somewhere, like who is his dad and how important is his dad? And um is his dad from Markovia? I don't know. So that that's a good it kinda has me reinterested in that mystery. But all excellent points.
1: Um yeah. I agree with everything. I especially like Like
2: I mentioned before
1: that this, the last several episodes have felt very like plotty and the Pierce family has been, they've been apart for so long and it was so nice for them to be sitting at the the family table, having dinner, talking about the things, like telling each other all these truths. And I love the moment when, you know, and this is like, I think Grace is the one. Jennifer's like, we already knew that. It's time for you to tell another secret (laughs)
2: Right. Tell us an actual <laughs> secret, please. <laughs> so I
1: love that. I love that, you know, how the they finally seem to be coming together after all this stuff has separated them, whether it was like the ASA, Markovia, Secrets, Khalil coming back, Lynn's drug addiction, like they're finally on the same page. And it feels beautiful and wonderful, and I love it. And I especially like the fact that – because I was worried that they're just going to, you know – throw uh lynn's storyline like out the window and not explore her addiction like her getting over it or whatever um but we took like the steps this episode yeah, (laughs) yeah in general but like at least it didn't so far it hasn't happened immediately um and we are seeing her struggling a little bit with you know seeing the last remnant that she had of the the green light and then showing it to her family, which is great that, you know, she can't do it alone because she's been trying to do it alone for so long. She's been trying to do everything alone and pushing people away. And now she's finally recognizing that, yes, she can't do that anymore. And um, it's just growth. It's beautiful growth. <laughs> um, And it's been a long time coming. And I really like the fact that I love everything about Lady Eve. Like I was worried that Lala was going to, you know, She was going to be afraid of Lala, but then she turned the table on him, and that was just amazing and beautiful. Um, So I just love watching her on screen and, and, you know, her doing her thing and taking charge. Um, And I like the fact that she also shares a history with Gambia and the fact that we finally, finally, finally know what the hell is in this briefcase. Um, And Grave Digger was just like this twisted Captain America, I guess. Like he was part of a government project, you know. yeah. <laughs> turned, on the go- turned on the government, essentially. Except, you know, Captain America did do that. But like, from this perspective, you understand why he didn't come back to the U.S. Why the U.S. has been trying to like cover this up, and maybe that's why they're not even fucking with Markovia because they know the deal, you know. So they're just True. like, yeah, you can d- you can it's deal amazing. with that on your own.
2: <laughs> um, Sorry,
1: <Finn>. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to keep our you know dirty secrets hidden. Um... But, yeah, it all makes sense. And it's so great after so long um, that it finally, everything is out in the open. So loved all of that. Um, but what did not spark joy, if anything? And mm-hmm. there is, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> <gasps> so when they were around me like, oh, you got to come over here. The party, it's a massacre. We're all dead. <laughs> it's like, no, okay. It's like the worst storyline from season two. I guess it's over now. <laughs> But, yeah, I felt kind of bad. (laughs) Um, and then, Painkiller. Mm -hmm. I didn't need Painkiller coming out and attacking Jen. I was just thinking, I was like, hmm, I wonder how this is gonna go. Oh, that's how that's gonna go. Surprise. More of this, like, weird, like, abusive dynamic for Jen and Khalil, except it's, like, not really Khalil's fault, but... uh." And also, it was, like, a little... I didn't buy Jen's, like, reactions. Because yeah. first, she was like, Khalil would never hurt me. Ever. Even though he previously has. I am 100% confident that he is pure innocent angel. Which, you know, whatever. He kind of is. But, like, you know, Painkiller is doing it. But still. And then, and then, it happens. Immediately, like, literally seconds later. Painkiller attacks her. And then she's like wow, Khalil, I cannot believe that painkiller took over and attacked me. I can't even look at your face anymore. you got to go. i got to protect my family. Which is, like, great. Like, yes, you should totally protect your family and, you know, tell him to go. Not that painkiller won't just come back if he wants to. Like, that's not going to stop anything. Um, <laughs> but it just seemed like it was, like, literally turning it on and off. Like, with no... Yeah, yeah she didn't... like a faucet. Yeah, exactly. And I was like, okay. Like, I feel like she should have been more scared before and then more compassionate after <laughs> like it was very strange so i was like all right i don't know and that was definitely like some kind of writing or directorial thing because obviously china is yeah, the best at acting so <laughs> it's just more like it made uh, jennifer seem very naive and also, very, I don't know, not not indecisive, but you know.
2: She forced him to come back. He exactly. didn't want to go. Exactly. She was like, yeah. I need you in my life. And then. Yeah, just well, it just felt wishy washy. And she was like, yeah. oh my God. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was like. <laughs> Okay, then. Like, so, see yeah. Pikachu pretends, like, it's shocked <laughs> yeah, face. Yeah, like... the shit, Pikachu Doc's face, exactly. <laughs> 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 All right,
0: so that is my feeling on that. But otherwise, like, it was a really good episode, so I don't really have any, um, I will say, like, like you pointed out, like, who brought Lady Eve back, right? Crisis? Some mysterious, nefarious person? The same dude that was bringing Lala back? Like, what's going on here? And why? So, it would be something to delve into that. I'm not, like, mad that we haven't yet. I'm just hoping we will. And then it's not just, like, this unanswered question. Yeah,
1: I mean, I hope so, too, because Jefferson likes to remind people that he did save the multiverse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So it's still and a thing. And if it's
2: the crisis thing, then she should know that she was dead because uh-huh. John I... didn't give her her memories back, for sure. Right. <laughs>
0: so... So, so, yeah, I have questions about this. Um, but, yeah. Otherwise, I mean, and also maybe... Maybe the scene with Brandon, like, like I, I guess it'll be good to find being out. Brandon. Yes, <laughs> Brandon was being ridiculous. It's <laughs> hard to take him seriously. So <laughs> Jennifer's like, stop it, just stop.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. I don't right. know if it's the actor or just, like, him as a character. Because he just comes off as, like, ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <I> <laughs> when he probably
2: bad. shouldn't be. I feel um, bad,
0: but I was like, just, whatever. Whatever, Brandon. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Um, I, like, uh, let's see. The whole, like, the whole Lynn thing, like, I like that they they discussed about, you know, we're going to support you through this. But low-key, I feel like this is the only time that it will be discussed. Um, because again, like, I feel like they didn't really do this for any kind of character development for Lynn. It was just kind of, like, plotty to have her away from her family and do stupid stuff for reasons. So... I don't know if she'll I'm assuming she'll either magically get better or they're just not gonna really address all the things that she has said and done while under the influence, so I don't know i i I'm skeptical that they will follow through with that with some kind of like revelation for Lynn. So that was, that's the kind of like you know might be getting like a Debbie Downer on that kind of part of the family reunion, um. Yeah, said thing about Lady Eve. I totally agree with about the whole Jennifer Clell thing. Like the whole the conversation she had with Anissa this in the beginning of the episode was like cute with you know, and this is trying to like warn her and and Jen would come back about Grace, um. But it is kind of like it was like a one eighty. It was very whiplash that first of all why did the firewall fall in the first place and he had to like bring it back up and then just painkiller just decides you know what i like i like jail so i'm just gonna go back here (laughs) like there didn't really seem to be any kind of like reason or rhyme other than the fact that it could happen at any time and so her kind of Basically telling Khalil to go and that she doesn't trust him anymore was just like, like I said, like he, he didn't want to be here in the first place. Where is he supposed to go? Um, what exactly is the end game for what they're trying to write for Khalil in the show? Because they clearly like Jordan Calloway, and they didn't let him be painkiller forever, and now he's like this ticking time bomb that Jennifer doesn't want. So. I don't yeah, I don't know like what they were trying to do there or why they decided to do it now. Um, so that kind of did not really spark joy for me. And I don't I don't care about Brian and Jace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care about their, their feud. So <laughs> Yeah. Um Yeah.
0: Jace so doesn't even know what's going on with their
2: feud. She's like, What? Yeah, she's like, Why are, I- are you stuck <laughs> with me? <laughs> It's like who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <She's not remorseful laughs> how she
1: goes at all. from that though to like taunting him, which is, and is I
2: like crazy. how he like through like he he like crystallized his mother's ashes and he's like here, and all it does is like cause slight pain to her shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, shouldn't you be dead right now? Like that was straight in your heart, lady. <laughs> that was your big chance, and you just hurt her shoulder a little bit. <laughs> okay.
1: God. <laughs> <Sad. laughs> But yeah, um, I pretty much agree with all the, the um Khalil stuff. I think what's what I'm concerned mostly about, like you said, Jess, you know, you're still worried about what they're gonna do with Lynn's storyline moving forward. But I also this episode, while it, you know, showed us a little bit of that, um, her journey forward after the addiction, but it was clear that they really cared about Khalil's journey towards possibly becoming a killer again. (laughs) Like it took up more screen time than what Lynn had. So I was wondering like when or if they were ever going to get back to it, but it's, yeah, it's clear that they like Jordan. Um, But I feel like Jennifer reacting like that was definitely odd because like you said, you know, she was the one who asked him to stay and she's been fighting for him so hard for so long to just, I guess you know, quote unquote, give up on him now is just weird because now it just makes it seem like she wanted him around to help save her mom, and once he did that, she doesn't want
2: him around anymore. Yeah, she's like, bye, (laughs) thank you.
1: (laughs) So I don't know. It's just like a weird relationship right now, and like Tati said, you know, it's not like if he leaves, he's suddenly going to stop being painkiller or painkillers going to stop being in his head. If there is danger and the firewall comes down eventually and it seems like it will and there's no one around then he's just going to go on a killing spree and that's just concerning so I don't know it just
0: exactly. seems Keep like him close for that reason. Yeah.
1: yeah So I don't know it just makes it seem like right now they don't they want him around but they don't know what to do with him so they're making Jennifer react this way that makes no sense just to push him away for a little while and then they're going to bring him back and I don't know it just doesn't seem logical at this point it's, it's been hard watching him go through all this, but whatever, um, either that or like have them figure out a way to get painkiller permanently, you know, out, I guess, like the chip somehow
0: yes. Anywho. In fact, that's what they should do. Like all they have to do is be like, the only way to get it out is to, is if Khalil dies, and Khalil's like, "I have to do it." And has so then he, T, and T, and T, C, secretly do it. And then Jennifer's like, <laughs> no! And then at the last second, he doesn't die. And you're like, oh, all that for nothing. He didn't even
1: die. That's my prediction.
0: That's my prediction.
1: There you go. <laughs> do we have any feedback? We Again, did have feedback ever-reliable
0: Swara. Swara, yep. <laughs> There's ice cream that's just excited about Swara's uh, black lighting feedback. Black Lightning was overall good. I'm so glad this episode mostly focused on the Pierce's reconnecting and acting like a family unit again. Yes. Healthy communication is good. I'm glad that Lynn is finally acknowledging her addiction, getting help from the family. This episode gave me all the Thunder Grace deals, and I loved it. I feel with very no mixed. Grace. <laughs> no Grace. <laughs> no Grace with still Thunder Grace deals. I feel very mixed on how the Khalil storyline was handled. Mm-hmm. Glad Jennifer realized how toxic relationships relationship it is, but I hate that they showed the image of him slash killer choking her. It was too far in my opinion. It shouldn't have gotten that graphic and potentially triggering point. It was very unnecessary. Otherwise, I'm glad Kalia left. Oh, honey, he's going to be back. <laughs> but, yes, thank you for your feedback, Flora. And, yes, I also have to say, while I, I very much liked um, Lynn processing her addiction and, like, you know, accepting and talking about it, when she was like, I understand now. Jefferson, why you couldn't quit being a superhero? (laughs) I was like, (laughs) this is not. These are not the same. (laughs)
2: These two things are not the same. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm like, I know that y'all really love this whole heroism is an addiction thing that y'all decided on, but you are wrong. So, anyway, I did love um, Anissa saying, like, you know, addiction's a disease, it's not your fault, you know, it can happen to anyone. I did like that part. So, Okay. Now, do we have predictions other than my very off- awesome
1: predictions? <laughs> <laughs> yes, other than Tati's wonderful prediction, anything else?
2: <laughs> I don't think so. Unless somehow, like, Brandon's dad is the king of Markovia somehow. Uh huh. I, I was thinking, any... that. oh
0: my yeah. god, yes, Brandon's daddy is Digger.
2: Done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> You're like, wait a second. <laughs> and I'm like,
1: oh, your presence on the show makes so much more sense now. <laughs> 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 all right, <laughs> all right. So, Lady with Gumption, side B. Who do we pick
2: for the Flash? I feel like it. Loki has to be Frost because she she peps Chester up to save the day, and she held the calms down, even though you know she had knowledge that she somehow shouldn't have had, but did. So she did
0: say, you know what? She <laughs> did say, racism exists. Which is something could never do. And she's do. like, so, she was
2: ally. She was an yeah, ally compliment. Exactly. <laughs> Caitlin um, could never. Just kidding. Exactly. Caitlin could never.
0: <laughs> um, and then. <laughs> um, and Charlie then, for Legends. Well, Charlie for Legends for sure. Um, Black Lightning. I don't know. Lynn for looked. dealing with her. Maybe Eve. Lady, Lady Eve! Yes. Lady, Lady Eve, Eve yeah. yeah. How dare you all! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, uh our top our top winners top five, we got Connor, uh, Connor. Car,
2: Car Sophie, Frost, Charlie, Leave. All right. So, anyone got I mean, a big... I, would, I I
1: low key want to put Ava's name in the oh. ring because oh, she, she did have tricked to him into being a liar. She had to... Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I think overall, I would say Sophie. Okay. Um. Sophie is the person I was most impressed by. <laughs> all right, I would say Charlie. But Charlie's good one. Yeah. I would say Charlie for side B, but I
0: think that I let Sophie take it for the whole for the whole uh, week.
2: She gave God. up her career to kiss that woman, and That's who true. wouldn't? Especially giving like, how her story has been up until now about like yeah. the difficulties that she's had to be like discovering like who she is that took a lot of gumption.
0: I agree. I also, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I feel like Kate has a great reason to be jealous of herself now. I can't <laughs> believe that Sophie wouldn't give up her career for me, Kate, but she did for me, Batwoman.
1: woman. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what do you? Think? Um, I also agree with Sophie and Charlie being like the top, um, two, two. yes, for sure. Um, I also give it to Sophie because I think that Charlie, like, Charlie's probably going to have a lot more coming down the line eventually when she battles her sisters. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely, Sophie. I feel like it, it's been a it probably long time coming. been a lot of the
2: episode, like, running away from, yeah. from doing, doing yeah. things. Yeah. She came around in the end. But, yeah. But I think Sophie had, like, gumption from the get-go, even just, like, letting Batwoman go, even though she was not supposed to. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's been, like, you know, several episodes where it's been building up. So, yay. Yeah. Yay, Sophie. Yes, All right. Sophie- Yes. So this concludes uh, episode 108. No time to dilly-dally. You can find us on the usual socials. Twitter, Gumption, Email, ladieswgumption at gmail.com over on the Tumblr where we'll be tumbling. com. and we will see you next week where I think we only have one show. <laughs> really? Is there a show? There is no. There's just Black Lightning, I think.
0: Really? Yeah, you're right. There isn't there isn't um...
1: Flash. Girl, Flash, woman Flash or Legend. On. Yeah. So yes, Black Lightning will be the only show, so you know, hit us up then and we <laughs> will be back next week. Bye.
0: Bye. Uh, bye.